You ready? 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 One, two, three, four! features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. 
Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. And tonight we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. We do have a lot to get to tonight. We have some news in the newest saga involving Ja Morant from the Memphis Grizzlies. We also have the Doc Rivers situation to discuss. Uh, We will give an update on the conference finals for both the NBA as well as the NHL. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs are in the news. Despite being eliminated in round two, there is, well, let's just put it this way. This is going to be a podcast of turmoil, I guess we could call it, as there's quite a whole bunch of stuff to get to tonight. Uh, We do have Lou and Diane with us currently on the line. Uh, First off, a reminder, if you guys haven't done so yet, subscribe to the Missy AE podcast by going to blogtalkradio.com slash Missy AE, or you can follow us on any of the major podcast networks. Uh, let's let's get right to it. First off, Diane and Lou, how are you two doing tonight? All right, Steve. Good. Thanks for coming on my show. I don't know how long I'm going to be on because I might have to deal with a uh, little brother uh, later on, but I'll keep you posted. Okay, no problem. Uh, chances are, actually, because uh, my phone is basically going to carry over into die. the into the. Oh, well, no, it's not going to die, but it's going to because I just paid it. It's going to carry over into the overnight. So I am not sure if we would be able to do the third hour because we might get disconnected potentially. You know how that usually goes. Uh, oh, usually yeah. when, when I, whenever I end up paying my bill for some reason, it, 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 it tends to basically shut off my service for like an hour or two. And then all of a sudden oh, of having shut it pops all day. it back on. No, it doesn't shut off all day, but the, it, it's just yeah. weird how they do it. It's, it's like they have to, yeah. it's like they have to process everything, I guess. Uh, So I don't know if we will, you know, I don't know if we'll have the full three-hour show tonight. We may not. We may just do two hours. But we do have a lot to get to, though. Um, Why don't we start out with the NHL? Because there's a ton of stuff to get to. First off, we have the conference finals, uh, game two. First off, with the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, Florida currently leads the series one game to nothing. However, Carolina did score first in tonight's matchup with a one to nothing lead after the first period. Carolina with a whopping 20 shots on goal in the first period. Somehow, Florida was able to recover. They only had two shots on goal, I think, up to about six minutes remaining. And somehow they were able to climb it all the way up to 11 shots for the Florida Panthers. Florida did have, or actually both sides, I should say, had a goal taken away by Coach's Challenge due to offside. Uh Uh, However, 
the one goal that has counted so far is Jalen Chatfield's goal at the 143 mark of the first period, the very beginning of the first period, uh, thanks to a goal by him with assists to Sebastian Ajo and Stefan Nosen. And I remember we talked earlier, Lou, about the kind of response that we might see from Carolina potentially today. And what would the response be considering they did lose in an epic four overtime game that almost went five overtimes. They were only the fifth. I think it was yeah. twelve. It seconds was away. what ten to thirteen seconds away. Twelve. So twelve, 12 seconds away from a fifth overtime, and and Lou, I th- I believe you have some stats on that. Yeah, right now I don't think I don't think that goal counts. So right now they're actually still playing that first game in the forty third overtime of game one. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all time came uh, It was like going to be that close to only the fifth game, you know, in playoff history to go to five overtimes, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was uh, the last one was in August of uh, 2020 during the pandemic year when that went five overtimes, and you know because they don't happen they don't happen that often. So, no, they do not. We we thought a goal was counted in the in the first overtime, but a goal was disallowed after the old yeah in the crease rule, you know that old that old right pitching rule that that's happened in the past. Uh, case in point, say uh, Dallas versus Buffalo back in uh, 1999. <laughs> yeah, so it was almost like a repeat of that, and it took right yeah. You know, the there was incidental contact. Yeah, there was incidental contact between Jack mm-hmm. Drury of the Carolina Hurricanes and Colin White of the Florida yep. Panthers. Well, uh, Drury, Drury nudged White, which ended up sending White slightly into the skate of Frederick Anderson, Anderson. for the Carolina Hurricanes, which well, prevented well, Anderson. Yes. So it said after well, the review, there was, enough, there was enough contact to warrant goaltending interference, and the goal was laid off. Uh, the ruling says the league that White had significant presence in his crease and made the contact with Anderson that impaired his ability to play the position. Rule 69, paragraph 1, states that the goal is disallowed if an attacking player, either by his positioning or contact, impairs the goalkeeper's ability to move freely within the crease or defend his goal. And so the game went on and on and on. <laughs> Nerve-wracking. Now, naturally, I thought... I mean, it made a lot of sense. The, yeah. Now, I turned the game on uh, at late, um, you know, to see what's going on in the update for the game. Um, then I found the game was like, well, supposedly we found the game uh, was over. So naturally, I just turned the game off and went to sleep. Then I find out... Uh, it went four overtimes. Okay, what did I miss? And then I found about the skin and the crease ruling. Oh boy! You think you had the game won? Luckily, you did win in the game, but that was just like, oof. I was, you know, if I were to stay to watch the whole game, I would be exhausted. You know, luckily they took off yesterday's practice to try just to recover, because that game was just pure exhaustion. After that. Well, yeah, it's I. I mean, it's a game. It, it, Playing in marathon games like that, it's basically a battle of attrition. You know, which team yeah. wants it more? 
And we ended up obviously seeing who ended up wanting who who ended up wanting it more. But you know, th- this is something that we've been kind of seeing in recent years. As a matter of fact, uh, just not too long ago in the AHL, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms played in a playoff game against the Charlotte Shuckers that lasted six hours and six minutes in seven periods of hockey. I believe it went to seven overtimes. No, five overtimes, actually. Okay. Yeah, five wow. overtimes, and this was back in 2018, where uh, Alex Lyon, who is actually right now one of the goaltenders for Florida, he had 94 saves in that game for Lehigh Valley on 95 shots. You know, we it's it's a trend we're kind of starting to see more and more. Uh, as players and teams yeah. overall develop that, you know, we're going to – obviously, you know, the closer you get, like like we are now at the conference final, the more – the higher the stakes are and the tighter that the pressure gets. So, you know, it's, it's just like uh, what was said earlier in the playoffs. You can have as good of a regular season as you want, but – once you get to the playoffs, it's a completely different, a, a completely different animal, like we saw with the Boston Bruins, where exactly. Boston may have had, you know, Boston may have had such a great regular season, but no doubt about it. In the playoffs, they got eliminated in seven games. Yeah, but do you think if Bergeron wasn't injured, that might have been a different outcome? Uh, I think I think it was more than Bergeron's injury. I think there's a couple of cases. If Allmark wasn't injured, if Bergeron wasn't injured, and oh, oh, yeah. uh, oh, you know, overall, overall, I think the Bruins just needed to play better defensively. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget they won two games without Bergeron. Right. You know, so. It's, it, it was, it, I, I mean, yeah, injuries played a factor, but a lot of it had to do with, I mean, just the, the defense was horrible at times uh, uh, from the Bruins side. But, uh, Diane, let's, yeah. let's get your thoughts on the marathon game that we saw happen between Florida and Carolina. Did you get a chance to watch uh, any of it at all? And. Um. Uh, no, I didn't see it. But what what do you you know, what do you think of games that potentially literally go as long as this one did, going literally four overtimes and ending at what what time did you say, Lou, earlier? It was like one o'clock in the morning? Uh closer to, I actually think it was one closer to two. So close to two o'clock in the morning for a game that Started at around at around seven eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. I think it's the game is too long. Yeah, it's just who can stay up that late? Yeah, it it does. uh, Obviously, I couldn't stay up that late either because I mean, obviously, you know, I had work the next day. So, uh, 
I was actually asleep before. I think I think it was midway through the second period, maybe that I was so that I fans. was asleep, but I ended up watching the highlights the day after. And you know, it was it was just absurd. The you know just the uh, the amount of time, not just the amount of time, but also the score, a three to two score. Yeah. You know, it's it's like how can you keep with, with so many chances and how good these players are. I mean, Bobrovsky had to basically stand on his head in game one. Yeah. In order for uh he is the goaltender of well, the Florida Panthers. He was yeah. formerly with uh, I believe it was Columbus, and he was also with the Philadelphia Flyers at one point, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, let, let, let's let's keep in mind, Bobrovsky is getting up there in age. So, so odd, but... having to stay out there for literally seven periods of hockey, I mean, that's, you would th- you would think that 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 that's definitely going to do it because you basically played two games in one sitting. Technically, yes. you could say we're watching game three right now instead of game two. But it's you know Florida they did end up scoring on a Matthew Kachuk goal in overtime, which. I did say earlier that Kachuk would probably be your consummized trophy winner, but I believe he does have competition. Carter Verhage actually has 14 points right now in the playoffs. So I think Carter Verhage is probably the competition for Kachuk if the Florida Panthers uh, go all the way and end up winning. And actually – uh, there's a little stat here. A team that won the President's Trophy the year before, Florida could be – this could be the third time in recent memory that a team that has won the President's Trophy the year before would then go on to win the Stanley Cup the very next year. The other two more recent instances – were the Detroit Red Wings of the 90s and the Tampa Bay Lightning when Tampa just had just had back-to-back wins like they did which I mean it's you know it's hard enough to you know to 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 gain to win the president's trophy to begin with it's even harder to win the Stanley Cup so Florida, you know, Florida, I believe, has a realistic chance at lifting the cup this year. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy to say that they're down to the final four. But this Florida team, it seems like ever since they made that goaltending change to Sergei Bobrovsky, and they also got Sam Bennett back in the Boston series, ever since those two key moves, it just seems like this Florida team has been a team of destiny. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that, Lou? Do you think 
Do you think Florida has a legitimate shot to take it all the way this year? Judging from what I've seen so far in the playoffs, I would think so. Well, to win the Eastern Conference, uh, yes. I'm not so sure about, you know, um, winning the Stanley Cup. I think Vegas or uh, Dallas may have something to say about that. But uh, I think they look pretty to win the Eastern Conference. And I mean, let's talk. Let's also talk about Carolina. You know, Carolina. This is a team who's badly banged up. They they've lost three of their top players for for the rest of the playoffs or the season. Series. Right now, they're losing the series. But if they can somehow come back, tie the you know tie the series up after tonight, and maybe perhaps uh, beat the Florida Panthers in this series. Uh, could we see uh, – who, who do you think, in your opinion, Lou, matches up better against Vegas or Dallas? Would it be Florida or would it be Carolina? I would think Carolina. Uh, by the way, um, I, I, I can stay on for the duration if it's either two hours or three hours. We're doing, we're doing a little okay. bit of Monday night. So we're good. We're good. All right. Good to know. Did got the, I just got the information. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Carolina, here's the thing. Carolina, I believe, has the edge goaltending-wise. Uh, Depth-wise, it's hard to tell because, I mean, Carolina, you know, they've been able to sustain the level of production that they've had this offseason or this postseason despite losing their two best, their two best scorers early on in the postseason. So, I mean, I guess maybe they would have the edge there, but Florida, it, Florida, it just seems like they get scoring from anywhere, basically from anybody. So I don't know exactly who to give the edge to overall when it comes to, you know, the overall better team. But I do Flop think coin. if we're talking, if we're talking, yeah, you may have to flip a coin honestly for this one. But if we're okay. talking overall, you know, if we're talking goaltending, it's definitely Carolina. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, they did lose game one in in uh, four overtimes. But, you know, Anderson, Anderson, he does have a little bit of a history of choking, but he's been overall yeah. completely solid this year. So... I mean, I uh, what what are your like, thoughts? Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Lou. Yeah, because like you know, I mean, I was like, I was like baffled by it. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking the game was over. That's so why I wake up. I wake up yesterday morning to check, you know, to check of course all the other scores, and I find out like, uh, why is this here? I thought for sure the game was over. Three minutes in the overtime, yeah. And I find out like, huh? What the hell? I mean, uh, did I wake up on some other plant the next the next day when I, I went to four times? How was that possible? Now I suddenly like, oh, that old thing, of course. So, yeah, I guess you can say the I would eat the week this week for for um, jumping the gun a bit early. Oh boy. Well, I mean, I, I mean, if you if you go if you look at the replay though, it's it is abundantly clear that there was contact. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, now I saw it. Sure. You know, I mean, granted, 
Uh, I've seen plenty of Bruins goals get taken away this year due to incidental contact, no matter how little. That's literally, like, if you – If you come in in contact, like, literally the littlest sliver of your body comes in contact with the goalie, that's goaltender interference. No matter how small of a fraction – Right. of your body comes in contact. So, I mean, clearly that's what we ended up seeing in this match or in in uh, game one here. And, I mean, ultimately it didn't matter. Any, it didn't matter anyways because, uh, you know, Florida ended up winning the game anyways. So, yeah. But – uh, Diane, what are your what are your thoughts on this matchup? Who do you think has the shot to uh, has the shot to take it all the way between Florida and Carolina? Florida. Hmm. You know, I think I, I think I kind of agree because Florida. No matter here's the here's the thing with Florida. Let's not let's let's not. You know, mince facts here. They took the Vesna Trophy winning gold, or soon to be Vesna winning trophy, uh, or Vesna Trophy winning goaltender Linus Olmark to the woodshed in the first round. Yes. And then, obviously, we saw what they did to Tampa Bay last round. Right. Or not Tampa, yeah, to Toronto last round. Yeah, in case you're wondering, Olmark is the goaltender for the Bruins. Uh, and you know he he he's the uh, not only is is he the goaltender for the Bruins but he is the Vesna Trophy goaltender or soon to be the Vesna Trophy winner. Uh, I mean, come on, uh-huh. looking at who he's up against, it's yeah. and considering his numbers, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the Vesna Trophy winner for right. this season. So. But if Florida can do that against a guy like Olmark, I mean, uh, sooner or later, you know, Anderson may be, may be solid right now, but sooner or later they're going to get to Anderson. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they may potentially open up the floodgates against Anderson because I, I've seen Frederick Anderson be involved in certain – playoff performances in the past. And while he's overall been solid, usually there's at some point the floodgates open. And I do think Florida has the opportunity to make that happen. Now on the other side, we have the Vegas Golden Knights with a 4-3 to three overtime win last night to take a one nothing series lead uh over Dallas. And I got to tell you, you know, I said this earlier on your show, Luke, playoff experience matters. Co- uh you know, yeah. finals experience matters. Yeah. And that's what Vegas has. With, like, Alex, with, with Alex Petrangelo, 
Yeah, you you have Al, you have Alex Al, Alex Petrangelo on there. You have Alec Martinez who won two he won two Stanley Cups with LA. You have Bruce Cassidy who coached the Bruins to the 2019 Stanley Cup Finals. Of course, they ended up losing in seven games, but still. Yeah. By the way, it is now one to one with Florida tying up the score here in the first period. Here we go. Uh, but regardless, though, it's they have experience. I, in, in my opinion, at least, I think they might have more experience than than Dallas. I mean, yeah, Dallas, they do have Tyler Sagan, who won the Stanley Cup back in 2011 with the Boston Bruins. He was also in the 2013 Stanley Cup Finals between Boston and Chicago, which Chicago won that year. Uh, you know, there's there's experience on both sides, but I just think with how Vegas has played this year and it just it kind of seems like Bruce Cassidy feels that he has something to prove that he was unjustly fired from the Boston Bruins, which I you know I still I still agree to that. I still believe that he shouldn't have been fired based off of his resume. He shouldn't have been fired, uh, but I mean we saw we saw what happened with a new coach anyway. The new coach brought in a revitalized or brought up a, a revitalized group of players uh, that brought on such a historic season like we saw this year, the best season in Bruins history. Of course, though, it didn't end with a Stanley Cup victory, though. But right. uh, Vegas took the first game 4-3 to three on an overtime goal by Brett Howden. And in my opinion, you know, it just kind of seems – it seems like Vegas is playing with a little chip on their shoulder – in, in particular, Obviously. with their goaltender, with their goaltender Aiden Hill, who everybody calls a career backup goaltender, that mm. people are saying, you know, this kid can't be an everyday starter. You know, this kid, Why this not? kid uh, can't be. You know, he can't be an everyday starter. Uh, he's just going to be a career backup. He's four and one right now in the playoffs. Since taking okay. over for Laurent Brassat after Brassat's injury. Okay. He's four and one right now in this uh, the six game stretch that he has played so far, with a two point three four goals against average and a ninety three percent save percentage. Right now, Vegas is my favorite to win the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they might be my favorite to win it all, period. Hmm. Out of the four remaining teams. Okay. Because it it just seems like – and it's funny to say this about an expansion team. You know, this isn't – I feel like this isn't the Vegas Golden Knights that we saw make the Stanley Cup Finals in their first season. This is a different Ooh. Vegas Golden Knights team. Uh, now, granted, they had Marc-Andre Fleury that year, who yeah. is a Stanley Cup decorated goaltender. Similarities. 
Yeah, I mean, I do see similarities. There are a few players. There are a few players that are still on this squad that were on that team. Right. But uh, you know, Mark Andre Fleury, you know, he's he's he was an elite goaltender for basically his entire career, and I believe actually Absolutely. he is still playing, and uh, he has said that next year will be his last year. So, uh, basically, next year will be the Mark Andre Fleury uh, tribute, essentially year. Right. With, assuming he stays with the Minnesota Wild, probably. But, uh, Lou, you know, just looking at this lineup here for Vegas, I mean, obviously with Dallas, you got players like Joe Pavelski, who was a big star all those years with San Jose. You have Jamie Benn, who has been uh, the – he's been basically Mr. Dallas his entire career uh, so far. You have Tyler Sagan, who everybody was looking at before Connor, before Connor McDavid came into the McDavid. league. Tyler Sagan was being looked at as like the next Sidney Crosby. And where, to compare, you know, from one of the, you know, you hear talk about these generational players that come along once every whatever, but I don't know. That's kind of tough to compare because I don't know, how do you compare with you know. Uh, but how do you compare, like, say, well, uh, Mario uh, Tegretzky? I mean, that was tough to do. I mean, yes, he had a great career, but mm, it's kind of tough to compare one player to the other. Just like they're comparing this new uh, NBA player coming from France, coming to the league, they say he's a once-in-a-generational player looking to be like the next Tony Parker or maybe uh, Kareem or whatever. How can you tell? He hasn't even played a game yet. Oh yeah, Victor Wembanyama. You know what? Let's let's go over there for a second. Let's yeah. go over there for a second. I'm glad you brought that up because I have a little bone to pick here. It it kind of seems like, you know, people people say the NBA draft lottery is by chance. Is it really though? No, because. This is, you know, the rumor. The rumor going around is this is going to be Greg Popovich's last year in uh-huh. the league, and uh, we all know how he had uh, how he had the Tim Duncan sweepstakes back in '97 when oh, yeah. San Antonio San Antonio had the third worst record in the league, and yet they ended up getting the number one pick. They draft Tim right. Duncan. And we all remember what happened uh, after that. Tim Duncan, five NBA championships later. Yeah. But now, San Antonio was tied for the second worst record in the league. And I got to feel, you know, I feel bad for the uh, for the Detroit Pistons. They, they yeah, stuck no. all season long and only to, only to lose to the San Antonio Spurs in the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, we're gonna get in here now. And so the top the top five teams of this draft lottery, San Antonio wins the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. So they will take Victor Wembanyama at number one, assuming nothing Ooh. else happens. Uh number that's two will go to the Yeah. 
I mean, it would be yeah. it, honestly, in my opinion, it would be a shame if they don't oh. go for Wembenyama, because I, you know, I'm kind of buying in, believe it or not, into the Victor Wembenyama hype. Yeah, I know. You know, I I, know it's hype. It is hype. It is hype. But here's the thing. This kid played in the G League this year. Instead of going to college, he decided to go right. to the G League. And he played w- alongside grown men, essentially. Right. Yes. So, you know, he's been preparing to play in the NBA. Well, I should say technically he played for the Metropolitans 92, but they did play against a couple of uh, a couple of G League teams this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he had two okay, let's let's give you uh the numbers actually. He had two games against G League teams, against the G League Ignite, which uh also featured Scoot Henderson who was projected to be the second overall pick in this year's draft. Uh, in his first, in the first game, Wembenyama had 37 points, five blocks, and four rebounds against the G League Ignite. Wow. In the second game, he had 36 points and 11 rebounds. So let's keep in mind, he's playing against men. Yeah, you know he's playing again against men. It's not like he's playing yeah. against other people his age. No. So for him, and I mean, let's let's just take a look at at players that came from G from the G League Ignite. Uh, Jalen Green, who's now with the Houston Rockets and is yep. probably Houston's best player right now. Uh, he was drafted second overall from the G League Ignite. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, he was drafted seventh overall from the G League Ignite. Hmm. And that, so far, the G League Ignite have had six players get drafted in the NBA draft the last two years. Yeah. And all of them came before, before pick number 40. So they were either high second-round picks or first-round picks. So, you know, these are these are NBA legitimate NBA hopefuls or or, you know, NBA ta- actual NBA talent and he just completely went to town on them. So, I you know, I like this kid's game. The thing is I still feel he's like Chet Holmgren. He needs yeah. to bulk up a little bit before he comes into the league. Because the one thing we don't want to see is we don't want to see him going down with some sort of injury. I know. No. Where, you know, we don't want to see him going down with some sort of injury where it's like it, it it will remind you of who was that who was that player who got injured in college was it Paul George that got I believe it was injured where 
that guy hor- horrifically injured where the bone where where his leg bone went right through the skin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, we don't want to see that was because basically if you're if you don't have any muscle, you're just going to get bodied by all these big you guys are that screwed. are going around the league now. So I just find it kind of fishy that in Popovich's potential final season, he gets gifted a huge prospect like Wembenyama, setting San Antonio up for the next Tim Duncan era. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Lou? Well, like I said, you know, he hasn't even played a game yet in the NBA. So I think it's very tough to compare him to, like, say, a Tim Duncan or a Tony Parker who came from France or any of the other uh, players like that. You know, let's see what he does. Because they said the same thing about Ben Simmons, and look what he turned to be, a complete waste of, you know, a complete waste of air. So, you know, on one side, he could be the greatest thing since sliced bread or since uh, Parker, um, Duncan, or any of this, or he could be a dud. So, so. Let's not think prematurely on how he's going to be, because no one can tell he's going to be, even despite all this hype. I mean, yeah, you could be the number one player of the draft, and you could suck. You know, you're like, well, oh, we only scored uh, three points this game, we only scored one rebound. Oh, and we were thinking this guy's going to be the next big thing in the NBA. He's a chump. So, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's kind of like a bad omen, uh, you know, to you know, to prematurely right think that he's going to be the best uh, to the next Greatest player. Let's see what he does in the first few games first. And supposing he's on a you know a crappy team, you know, so I guess you're almost right there. So wait to see what happens. You know, like when he gets started playing for real in the NBA, and see where he stacks up. Because right now he's got a lot of hype, but that's not all he is is hype. And you can't really right. believe it either. I know I. Right, and you know, uh, a little stat Remember, that here, he is actually listed. When ben, Simmons, yeah, when ben Simmons was ranked the 50 greatest players who didn't even play a game yet in the in the NBA, and at first season, he didn't even play because he got injured, and he hasn't and he hasn't done crap. Right, but to be fair, though, Ben Simmons was actually technically overrated, even coming out of college. Yeah. I mean, I Steve, mean, you he know, was uh, a, he was the Ryan Leaf of the NBA. Oh dear. Oh, yeah. No. yeah, you know, you know, uh, Jim, who uh, you know, obviously our producer. Uh, without him, we wouldn't be able to have these podcasts. Uh, yeah. He obviously is, you know, he is an SEC fan, and he saw Ben Simmons play all the time for LSU, and yeah. he said before, as Simmons was entering the league. He said that he was going to be that he was nothing, you know that uh, completely overrated, and he turned out to be right. Because take a look at where Ben Simmons is now; he he doesn't even want to play the game. Or as the it old just it goes, looks. Or as the old saying goes, he would have been before he ever was. Right. You know, it it, it just from from what from how it looks. It basically looks like he's trying to create any excuse to stay off the court. Yeah. Even though he did play play this season. 
Yeah. Even though he did play partially this season, though. <laughs> yeah. But here are some stats, actually, for Victor Wembanyama. Uh, Victor Wembanyama, and by the way, he will work with Tony Par- or with uh, with Tim Duncan after he gets drafted. Uh, it's been said it's that he will worse. work alongside Tim Duncan in San Antonio. Okay. So Duncan's going to whip him into shape, and if he plays anywhere close to the way Tim Duncan played, and let's let's remember, Tim Duncan was actually was actually shorter than him, and we saw what well, what Duncan was able to do. We saw how Duncan was able to dominate in the post and everything at six foot eleven. This kid is six foot five. If he can put everything together and prove to be the same type of player that he is now, if he can prove to be that same type of player in the NBA, the NBA is in trouble. Yeah. You know, we may be looking at a game-breaking big man. Because, I mean, let me just let me just read off some of these stats here for you. Uh, okay. This year, with the Metropolitan 92s out in France, 21.6 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game, 2.5 assists per game, 3.1 blocks per game. Hmm. 3.1 blocks. That's a lot for blocking. He did have he did have point seven steals per game, and this is in thirty two point three minutes per game as well. So he's playing full on starter minutes. Forty six point eight percent shooting. Uh, free throws could use some work. Only eighty three point seven percent. He's clearly not going to be a three point shooter though. Twenty eight point three percent from three. So. Yeah. You know there is uh, there is work that that needs to be done, but he's listed as seven foot five when in shoes, and he has a wingspan of eight feet. Regular bird fan. which basically, which basically is you know the length of his arms essentially. Uh, for people who don't know what a wingspan is, uh, yeah, yeah, it's you know th- this is definitely you know people would call this would call this potentially a project. Some people would call this kid a phenom. But as you said, we don't know how he's going to translate over into the NBA. So, but for for him to be, I mean, he's been listed as the consensus number one overall pick, quite frankly, even since before last year's draft. So I feel that should at least say something. Uh, speaking of basketball, uh, we do have the Denver Nuggets in a must-win game three for the Los Angeles Lakers, which, by the way, started out horrifically for L.A. Uh, L.A. Yes. has narrowed the deficit to just three points now, with Denver leading 58-55. to 55. And you want to hear an interesting stat, Lou? Yes. Not one on Denver. Only one player is in double digits right now in scoring. 
Wow. And it's not Nikola Jokic. It's not Nikola. It's Jamal Murray with 30 first-half points. My second guess. Nikola Jokic only has five points and already three personal fouls. Hmm. Well, we don't have an off night, you know. I mean, granted, there still is a whole entire half to go, but uh, it it just – it seems like – Denver, it, something has to be something has to be happening with Jokic. Then again, let's keep in mind I'm not watching the game. I'm actually watching Florida and Carolina right now. Uh, but LA must have adjusted something. LA must have adjusted their game plan. Maybe they're triple teaming Jokic or something. I don't know because whenever Jokic the, these first two games, every time he faced a double team. The layup, it was basically a layup line. You know, he he could just run in for layups like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's, you know, let's get to this game, Lou. What, what are your thoughts on Denver leading this series 2-0 right now against L.A.? I should be surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, Denver's been hot all year, and thanks to Jokic, you know, Lakers, you know, I knew they were going to have, you know, a, a time against um, the Warriors, you know, because they were not the same team as they were last year. When I, so I didn't look at them as, you know, a seventh seed that was going to fold up and die so easily. But now you're going to get the team that's been high all year, the highest team in the league all year, and uh, they're not letting up. I mean, they've been embarrassed. Um, the Lakers have been embarrassed uh, in this series so far by Denver, and, you know, for a while it didn't look like they were going to hold on to this game either, but now they're making strides. I mean, they're better. They're a better home team than they are on a road team. That's a given. But, of course, um, yeah. with the weapons that the uh, with the weapons that the uh, Nuggets have, uh, this series does worry me. You know, I wasn't, I was not predicting a sweep here. I mean, but the way that the Lakers are playing one and two against the Nuggets, uh, it doesn't look like they're, they're holding up at all. So this series does concern me, and if the Lakers don't, uh, you know, make some changes, it's going to be a very quick series for them. So right, and, you know, I'll t- I'll tell you this, Lou. I'd give the Lakers a better shot right now than I would the Celtics. Yeah. And that too is tied one apiece. Well, no, the Laker, uh, Boston and Miami is no, Miami no, no, two no, nothing. no, 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 um, the, the hockey game. I was flipping back and forth. Oh. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one, 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 uh, one goal apiece uh, between Florida and Carolina here. I wonder uh, at the end of the end, uh, two periods. I wonder though, what's going to end first, this show or the game itself? Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, that's a that's a good question. It might be close. That's a very good question. It might be close. Let's see. Well, we're it going up right now, but we're but we're going into the third overtime of game two over here. So uh, looks like uh, we ended first tonight. Okay, it could happen. <laughs> but again, but then again, yeah, you know, to, to go to go four overtimes back to back, that's a little hard to come by because you're pretty much now running out of adrenaline at that point if you go that long. You're not going to see every game in a series. I can tell you that right now. Because sooner or later, you're going to no, give out, you know, in the series. 
Yeah, and by the way, uh, the fourth goal or the uh, Florida goal was scored by Alexander Barkov. Uh, his fourth goal of the playoffs with the assist going to Josh Mahura. So uh, Barkov, you know, that's another guy that everybody has been wondering why he is so why he's been so dormant in this playoff uh, in, in these playoffs so far because he's a much better player. Uh, right. than only four goals scored in the playoffs mm. so far in this run. Because he had a 23-goal season this year. In the yeah. first round, he he was only limited to one goal against Boston. And everybody was beginning to want – and let's not forget, last year he had 39 goals for this Florida Panthers yeah. team. So everybody's been wondering, okay, when is, you know, when is Barkov going to wake up? And it's very odd seeing him scoring only his fourth goal of the playoffs so far uh, with the goal tonight because everybody's been, been waiting for him to basically explode. That's a, you know, that's another to look at here, Lou, is if Florida does advance, they still have the uncertainty of Alexander Barkov. You know, he mm-hmm. could basically he could basically explode at any moment. Which yes, I mean, it, it would it, it would definitely it would come to Florida's benefit, obviously, but. How, you know, the, this is obviously still, still a very, a very close game, a very close series, and yeah, oh, I, you know, gosh. I would not be surprised at all if, even if Florida takes tonight, I would not be surprised at all if somehow Carolina comes back and ties it up in Florida to force mm-hmm. a game five out in uh or back here in carolina i i wouldn't be right. i wouldn't be surprised at all and no i, I mean th- you know these are just these are these are two very close teams in terms of uh in, ter- in terms of overall makeup yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised either no 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 definitely not i i you know what I would I would be surprised if Florida if Florida basically either sweeps this series or wins in five games I would be very surprised because Carolina mm. there's a reason why they were the number two team in the entire league yes behind Boston Carolina you know they just have they have way too many. To way too many weapons that I would just I would be stunned if somehow Florida is the team that basically uh, you know that basically puts an end to their uh, to probably one of their best seasons in quite some time. Yeah. But let's move let's move on a little bit uh, here and let's. Talk about Kyle Dubas of the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
being oh, yeah. fired by president of hockey operations, Brendan Shanahan. Wow. They fired Kyle Dubas, even though he constructed a team that finally got Toronto to the second round for the first time in, I don't know, decades. This, however, forced a a domino effect, you could call it. Right. As not only did Kyle Dubas get fired, but Jason Spezza resigned from the Toronto Maple Leafs front office as he's real good, you know, he's real good friends with Dubas and he resigned in solidarity with, uh, with, with Dubas. And Jason Spezza himself, you know, he's a Toronto guy. Uh, He's, you know, he was born and raised in Toronto. So, you know, it just, it, it, it just shows you how poorly this whole entire situation was handled. The fact that a guy who's basically Toronto through and through ended up stepping down like he did. However, that's not the worst part of it yet, though, as there's now been rumors that because of Kyle Dubas being dispatched by the Toronto Maple Leafs, and let's keep in mind, you know, every team has their big stars. The Boston Bruins have Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, uh, you know, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand. Uh, the Devils, they got Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, and so on and so forth. And his brother. There's a couple of huge names that are pissed off about this, about this firing. Mm. We're talking about Austin Matthews and William Nylander. Maybe two of their biggest stars that they have on this roster right now, who will be free agents at the end of next season. And not to mention, not only will they be free agents, they'll be unrestricted free agents. So Toronto, if they want to hang on to them, they're going to have to sign them to an extension. They can't. They can't just tender them a qualifying offer because you can only do that to restricted free agents. And, I mean, just looking at the numbers that these guys have put up, Matthews is going to get paid and Nylander is going to get paid. Austin Matthews, he's he's basically a perennial MVP candidate every single year. He had 40 goals and 45 assists this year in 74 games for the Maple Leafs. And, you know, he's considered to be basically the captain of the Maple Leafs roster. William Nylander had 40 goals and 47 assists for 87 points. Toronto in my opinion, made maybe the biggest mistake of 
of this uh, of their off season so far. Yes, by getting rid of Kyle Dubas. Dubas did what he could with the resources he had to put together a team that could potentially win it all. And now there's rumors that he that he wants to that he wants to take a step back and he wants to step aside. However, I do know that the Pittsburgh Penguins are supposedly after him in the in the market because Pittsburgh right. is looking for a new general manager as well. So now you have you have a guy like Kyle Dubas who not only do you get rid of him, but you also piss off two of your biggest stars in the process by doing that in Austin Matthews yeah. and William Nylander. Now, you also have Mitch Marner and John Tavares, but they're under contract for the next couple of years at the very least. So the Maple Leafs don't have to worry about them. But I'll tell you right now, this now forces the Maple Leafs to be at an impasse. They may have to trade Matthews and Nylander if they can't get anything done. Bring in, let's bring in Alex, who is now joining us. Alex, you're joining us right in the middle of the uh, right in the middle of this of this uh, this news story here. Basically, uh, what has happened? What, what has happened is the Toronto Maple Leafs have fired yeah. their general manager Kyle Dubas after wow. their second round loss to the Florida Panthers, and in turn. This has pissed off two of their best players in in Austin Matthews and William Nylander, who apparently, you know, they were hesitant to begin with uh, to sign contract extensions originally when they first signed their contract extensions because they weren't sure if Kyle Dubas was going to remain with the team. Uh, oh wow! So they signed those yeah. extensions a couple of years back, and now here we are with them set to be free agents next year, at the end of next year, and Dubas is no longer with the team. And it sounds like that these two players may now want out of Toronto. That's, that's breaking news to me, especially with the um... – I thought they played pretty well. I know everyone keeps knocking them about not stealing a deal and finally getting to the top of the mountain, but there's only one team that can raise the cup, right? And I mean, they they looked awesome. They had a good run. They got past an awesome Tampa Bay team, so they didn't have a. It wasn't a. I don't think it was a failure of the season. The the, no. the, the uh, fan base was very charged up and energized and passionate, and it's like Leafs hockey was back. Yeah, they fell short, but they they had a great, pretty spirited, passionate run. And then uh, it's just another fall guy, just like Monty Williams and Bud and those coaches in the NBA. And now you have a GM in hockey, and it really rubbed uh, yeah. two of the two of the best players the wrong way. So now there's going to be a domino effect where one or two of their top players oh, might, you know, how do you might fire hit the road. A guy that gave you your best winning season in years, and you still fire him. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then they, you know you have two top gun players that might be uh, hitting the road. So I mean, Doc Rivers fired from Philadelphia. Was that was that right? No. No. Yeah. Once again, there's always a fall guy. That's just a common theme the last couple weeks with all these coaches and GMs getting shown the the, the door. So yeah, not surprising. Now, if you, now, if the season was reversed and say you were like you know twenty to sixty two, yeah, you deserve to get beat up on your ass. Yeah, exactly. But you're best when you see in over twenty years. And you always think, well, you fire him? What's yeah, Lou, that's a great that? point. That's even a better that's a better stat than what I provided. I mean that's that's a great run. Best best What's season in twenty years. That? Best year season in twenty years and he gets the pink slip. Yeah. That's that doesn't sit well with the top players, so now they're gonna pay the price and maybe Matthews no, and the other guy leaves. No. And now it's uh there's a report coming out from the athletic that is claiming that Dubas had been at odds with team president and NHL legend Brendan Shanahan for quite some time. Uh, It says here that a pattern of issues between Shanahan and Dubas had developed over several seasons, including the Maple Leafs president stepping in and blocking trades as well as dictating <laughs> other moves that the former GM didn't always agree with. I've noticed that theme with uh, NHL uh, camps and NHL franchises the last few years where you see, like, Rick Pocket, you guys can name three or four others, but these former players that think they're, like, demigods, that think they're uh, the best things in sliced bread. Once they get to the front office, they step in and try to overmanage, and, yeah, they get rid of people, I mean, just because you are an awesome, you know, all-star skater doesn't mean that you're going to be a great front office person. So I don't, I don't know what the hell Shanahan was doing, but that sounds pretty dirty to me. Yeah, it, it just, this just seems like they were waiting to ride out Dubas's remaining contract, and that Dubas basically. His contract was up at the end of this year, and they've now chosen not to uh, not to renew it. Why don't we see? Let's see. Let's challenge Shanahan to take the GM role and see what he does. See if he can yeah. get uh, the second best season in the past twenty-one seasons. See if he can do better than what he just got rid of. If he's such a such a guru, let him let him control the ship. Well, let's not forget this is a guy. I mean, granted. You know, uh, players uh, not don't always transition into good uh, into good executives. However, you know, Shanahan was he was part of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, you know, he was part of the uh, the whole Detroit Red Wings dynasty that won multiple Stanley Cups. He was one of their top players. Well, I mean, so, look at Michael Jordan. I know it beat a dead horse as a comparison, but look at uh, Michael Jordan, you know, was the god of right. boxing. I mean, he's done – he's been pissed poor. I'm not I'm not saying Shannon's been garbage like Jordan, quite frankly, with a suit on. But, uh, you know, those rings are awesome. But it's, it's a totally different world. It's a totally different planet they're living on when they're in the front office. You know, and oftentimes those guys will cut prospects that haven't performed quickly, quick enough. You know what I mean? They expect everyone to be as great as them half the time. So oftentimes they make rash decisions, premature decisions, and obviously, I mean, to go to the second round and then to, to veto his trades and then get rid of him, it, that's a baffling decision by 
Shanahan. So there is a report that was out that is out from earlier today from the Athletic. Uh, basically, they parted ways with Dubas yesterday, yep. and they had met with ownership last Sunday, Dubas and Shanahan, to negotiate the framework of a new deal. And it is believed <laughs> that the future of current head coach Sheldon Keith was one of the discussion points. However, uh, though, there is also a belief within the organization that the roster would benefit from a major shakeup. And it sounds like Dubas was the first of those shakeups. And it uh, sounds like his man, Sheldon Keefe, may be the next casualty. Yeah, maybe he would stick to his guns and, and uh, maybe he was defending uh, the current coach and, and maybe they got into a squabble over, uh, you know, they wanted heads to roll and he wanted to keep his guy as the head coach. So maybe yeah. he fell on the sword. Maybe he fell on the sword and got fired. Um, maybe. There's always stuff but how, however, though, they've been at odds for years, though. They've been at odds yeah, I mean, for years, not just over the we, coach. Yeah, but what you just told me about vetoing deals is pathetic. It's like, why, why even have the GM title if you're not even allowed to make deals? <laughs> Come on. Right. Then it's like babysitting right. on the job. Come on. And I will say I will say this. Uh, firing Sheldon Keefe may be the wrong decision by Toronto if they choose to do this because Sheldon Keefe has been with the Toronto organization since 2015 when he started as the head coach of the AHL Toronto Marlies in where he won the Calder Cup in his season at the helm of Toronto. Since, since he began, yeah, yeah, as a head coach. Yeah, he's a great coach. And since he began his head coaching duties within the Toronto organization, between the AHL and NHL, he has never had a losing season. And they just had a great year. Again, if, if you're going to judge someone, if they can't get to the championship or, you know, to beat that, that Tampa series was awesome. It put them really back on the map. Like Lou said astutely, he pointed out that the best season in 20 years. How can you not yeah. define that or quantify that as a very, very good, successful season? Makes no sense. No. But sometimes things just don't make sense. So, I mean, this sounds this sounds to me like struggle. we're about to see a blow up happen with the Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs, and that involves and up, maybe potentially shipping out some of their biggest stars. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Best season in twenty years. Let's blow it up. That's yeah, absolutely moronic. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess I could understand that maybe Shanahan wants to start fresh with whatever new guy he brings in, but at the same time, you don't just—I'll tell you this much—you don't let Austin Matthews or William Nylander go for free. You do not, under any circumstance, let them hit free agency next year. You either come no. to an agreement now with them, you, you. 
basically give them an understanding as to why you're doing what you're doing and you get them to agree to an extension now. Otherwise, you trade them at the deadline for whatever you can get. It's ridiculous. Watch. They, yeah. they get what they deserve, maybe. They might lose their two best players. Just whatever you do, do not, under any circumstance, it, it just, it, it, it's it's astounding, honestly, that yeah. right now, this is where basically everything stands. Yeah, I don't think they'll look back. And uh, circle, this is a great, great moment in Leafs history. They just came off a really good year, and now they're going through all this controversy. Pretty bad look. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on this, Lou? That the Toronto, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs may very well end up completely blowing this whole thing up. Let the implosion begin. <laughs> when is going to happen? I mean, really, it, how this how this all came about? You know, I mean, he got further than what happened in years, and you're still firing him. So, I don't see what the justice is in that. But it looks like everything that has you know been building up this year is now about to fall apart. So, uh, it does seem like very difficult times right now for uh, for the Maple Leafs. Yes, we have been making progress. Yeah, it's it's just astounding, honestly. And, you know, this is something. I, I you know, I guess I guess I can't say I'm really surprised though, because this just shows no. how much in disarray that a team is, where they allow something like this to happen, where they make this decision, knowing that it very well would probably piss off two of your best players. Oh, I wasn't doubting. And I'm kind of wondering if maybe the emergence of Matthew Nees is what is kind of helping with this transition, that, uh, you know, they just drafted Matthew Nees in 2021 with the 57th overall pick, and he literally just debuted for Toronto this year. Uh, come after playing for the University of Minnesota the past two years. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe they think that Knees will be able to take over as the next big guy, and this will allow them to ship off somebody like an Austin Matthews or a William Nylander. That's a... That's a wicked pill to swallow for the fans after a great year that they're really back on the map, and now they're like, I guess, cost-cutting or looking to save money. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. pathetic. Fans are going to be pissed as hell. Oh, they should be. They should be pissed. Yep. Great I mean, year. I'll tell move you off right now. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Bruins fans, if this was happening in – the early years of Bergeron, Marchand, and David Krejci, if this was happening in those years, Bruins fans would be pissed beyond all belief. Matter of fact, they were pissed to begin with when we got rid of Joe Thornton, 
when we got rid of Joe Thornton, which, uh, you know, oddly enough, though, the pieces we got for Joe Thornton helped orchestrate bringing uh, bringing the Stanley Cup to Boston. I remember that, yeah. You know, the pieces that we so got from Thornton helped, helped basically orchestrate uh, getting the pieces, to, the other pieces together. So it was kind of weird how that happened. But uh, with this, though, I, you know, I just, I think it's the wrong decision by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think that there will be serious consequences, especially – uh, I know Dubas wants to take time off, but like I said earlier, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have been rumored to be looking at him as a as their as their new general manager. So that's something to keep an eye on moving forward in the NHL. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Lou, about Doc Rivers, and I was going to bring him up. Yeah, Doc <laughs> Rivers being fired. As the yeah. well, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say fired, but he was uh, he was mutually let go. I guess we'll call it. No, well, actually, no, he was fired. He was fired. Escorted out of the building. Right. Yeah, he was escorted out of the building. He was fired because he did say that he was expecting to remain as the coach for next season. But no, uh, he only lasted three years in Philly. Never got past the conference semifinals. Then again, though, Philly never got past the conference semifinals, even with uh, even with their old coach. That's the old. They wanted so, to let them down easy. They they didn't want to uh, piss anyone off, so they kind of just said, "Okay, we're, we're gonna we are letting you go, but we're gonna announce it as a mutual decision." Because, like you just pointed out, I think the night before he said, "Yeah, I want to be back. I expect to be back." And then they he woke up and they said, "You know what, Doc?" You're not coming back. Let's announce it as a mutual breakup. You know what I mean? They just wanted to let him save face and not totally make him look like a clown. Yeah. Oh, they wanted it to be I, – I, I assume they wanted it to be a mutual breakup, but obviously he clearly felt that he was still <laughs> – Right. You know, he was, he was going to be back as the head coach. Yeah. Mutual in uh, – quote-unquote mutual. AKA they uh, made it, they forced him to agree to make it mutual. <laughs> Didn't really have a say. And yeah. you know Brett Brett Brown, uh, Brett Brown, who was the former coach of the Seventy Sixers, they never got past the semifinals with him. So yeah. you know I think it's the whole. You know how they said to trust the process and whatnot. This is not on Doc Rivers. This is well, on Philadelphia that, management. For almost 10 years, they've had, or at least seven years, I would say, six or seven years. Remember, they've had 80 different really high draft picks, and they kept tanking and tanking, and then they built around Embiid, and then they add a clown like Harden. Now Harden's, again, skipping town like he always does. He's already halfway yep. out the door. Bringing the now wrong he's people. On the again. He's not getting any healthier or any younger, and now Doc's gone. They're going to keep resetting, yeah. and then Embiid might – and Embiid hasn't been injured soon, knock on wood. You know what I mean? And then now they're going to build around Embiid again. Right. Tobias Harris has been a colossal uh, well, kind of a let, letdown. Yeah, kind of a bum. For well, Embiid, Embiid was injured. Yeah. Embiid was injured. But he, had yeah. a, he, tore, he tore part of his knee. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm no good. Yeah. Good call. You're right. But I'm saying even more. Like remember, he missed a couple seasons before he even suited up. So hopefully nothing horrendous. Right. No season-ending injuries. That's that's always a a, a rebound or a, a a fall away with him. Anything can go. Yeah. Anything can happen with his injury status. So they're really playing with fire. And it's, if you fire anyone, fire the GM who brought in Harden and uh, Tobias Harris. Yeah. Some of these guys, they don't. They don't play hard. Look at Jimmy Butler. Those guys couldn't even tie his shoelaces. You know, those guys aren't winners. Mm-hmm. I think Embiid is a winner, but he's got the wrong supporting cast, and now they're going to be minus Harden. And they've traded a lot of those high draft picks away. Markel Fultz was a bust. They traded him to Orlando. They wasted a lot of draft picks. And so I guess the process is not looking any better right now. Right. I mean, you take a look at what they did this year. Brought in P.J. Tucker in the off season from Miami, which was, uh, in my opinion, I believe that was a good move. Uh, good move it was idea. also a good move sending, it was a good move sending Danny Green over to Memphis in exchange for D'Anthony yeah. Melton. Yeah, and Green was kind of a scrub. It was good just to get him out the door. Yeah, Melton was good. Yeah, was Melton, good Melton was probably this postseason, him and Niang were main were were probably their only two good bench players that they had. This is their problem is they didn't have a bench. Nope. They just didn't have and a Doc bench. Always, Doc doesn't like to really give guys extended looks. If they miss one or two shots, they sit for the next two or three days. And then he runs a lot of his starters into the ground with too many minutes. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't really trust the bench. And then that show, when they're tired in the fourth quarter, they lose close games. I mean, just take a look at the players that they had on this that they had on their roster this year. Dwayne Dedman, who used to be he used to be good in his early years to be good, then all of a sudden he's basically he basically rode the pine this year in yeah. in between Miami and Philly. He yeah, rode the pine essentially. He was like Waving, he was like a garbage time guy. Yep. Yeah, he was Harden like a garbage Doc. time guy. James, James Harden's chauffeur. Yeah, he had a couple side gigs gone. It did nothing Montrez on the court. Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell was a, such a bust. That guy was awful. Plays no defense. He's built like a brick house. Had his he worst like a, season. He plays like a ballerina, and he's built like a brick house. Had his worst season in his career. How do you go from averaging 14.1 points per game last year with Washington and 11.4 points per game last year with Charlotte to now averaging only 5.6 points per game off of the bench this year with Philly? Yeah. Yeah. I will say that. That, that guy just literally shows more, me right really, there. If you really watch it, though, I mean, that guy plays, like, no defense, apparently. And so, Doc, I'll give Doc a little credit there. I mean, he's not going to play people who just, like, refuse to play defense, although I guess he had to play Harden because Harden makes $40 million a week. So, he was forced to play him. Yeah. But, yeah, Montrez is just, like, he had empty stats. That's why he's been on so many different teams. Yeah, there was a, it was a, a, a trash, kind of a crappy bench. You're right. I mean, I don't know if that's you, have, you have this you really guy have no called – You have this guy called Firkin Korkmaz. Who the fuck <laughs> is that? You have Jalen McDaniels, you have Danwell House Jr., 
who was one of their pickups this offseason, and he only averaged like 4.8 points per game. Uh, You have Shake Milton. You have Shake Milton, who appeared like he was going to be developing into, you know, a a good player. Yeah, like a Max Melton. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he just, I mean, he had 8.4 points per game this year, but he, it just seemed like once the playoffs hit, they only used him in garbage time. Yeah, Melton, was, I'd say Melton yeah, out of those guards is the only guy legit. Like, Max, he kind of took a step back. Uh, Instead, you use, yeah, guys guy, like, you use guys like Paul Reed, who, yeah. I mean, the first thing you think of is Paul Reed. Who? Yeah. <laughs> who? Yeah. No, Lou Reed. Yeah, Say what? Paul Reed. Not familiar with the Paul Reed. I don't think Doc is either. All right, this is a guy who played in 10 minutes per game this year. 10 minutes per game, 4.2 points per game, and yet you go to him in the playoffs. Doc is like, is this this a fan of contest? What is this guy doing on my bench? Doc didn't even know who he was. I mean, my God, it's just – it's mind-boggling. I will will agree with you, though, Alex. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, for some reason, he took a step back this year. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, but he took a step back. Tobias Harris, he completely disappeared, so he wasn't even on the board to begin with. To begin he's with uh, this off season or this postseason, he's come up soft in too many spots. Now he can't be trusted. That guy's he's been a bust as a seventy sixer. He's not going to suddenly resurrect. He's kind of he's on a downward slope. James Harden, James Harden disappeared because he wanted to go back to the Houston strip clubs, apparently. He's at a strip oh, club right now. He's eating chicken wings at a strip club right now, somewhere. Yeah. And he's working. to top it all off, you then have your star player in Joel Embiid basically tell the entire <laughs> team through media interviews in your exit interviews that the entire team sucks. Yeah, well, I mean, and that him and Harden the, can't do all the work. <laughs> not the best way to publicly blow no. everyone away with some bad words, but he's kind of right. But, yeah, there's a better way to do that behind closed doors. But, yeah, and beats pissed. Can't play any and better than he did this year. this supposed to be a leader. Yeah, I know, but, I mean, he is correct. There's obviously a better way to, to handle what he said, but he, he spoke the truth. You don't want to tell it to the media. You say it to the behind closed doors. But, um. He's pissed off. He 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 played as best he yeah. ever has, MVP, and he has really. I'm sorry, I thought Harden. Harden several times in the playoffs was like three for ten. He had a couple of games where he was in single digit points. It's absolutely unacceptable. The guy literally right. turns on and off with his effort. When he wants to try, he tries. That's that's not even excusable on a good high school team. He's making like fifty million yeah. a year, and you have to like remind the guy to hustle, and you can't even get the guy to play defense. He's embarrassing, I think. Let him go to Houston. Right. You know, no, no I, I do agree with that. I think, you know, if you're a guy like playoff, Harden. Not a playoff performance. Now, may, may, you don't want to play, you know, you may, you don't play maybe defense? Perhaps. Sorry, I was just going to say, oh, no. if you, if you don't want to play I'm, defense, I'm just, then you don't, he doesn't deserve a ring. He's not a championship player. He's, he, he does not hustle enough. He's not a championship player. You know, I'm wondering if age is is becoming a factor with Harden. 
I can't ever tell with the guy. Because let's face let's face it, this is not the James Harden who once was elite for the Houston Rockets or the Oklahoma City no. Thunder. Never played D, but now, but yeah, you're right. But then at the same time, but then he'll he can score nine points in like two and a half minutes, and you're going, wow, this guy's awesome again. And then he just starts coasting and walking around again and not hustling. So I think he still has it. I think he literally just has a bad motor that doesn't like to run consistently. <laughs> His effort level is not or may, good. Or maybe he just wants to go back to the strip club. I don't know. Yeah, he's protesting. Yeah. Protesting. He wants to go back to Houston. Free chicken wings. Permission granted. See you, James. But anyways, though, you know, it's, yeah, granted, yeah, Doc Rivers Doc Rivers has that history in Game 7 where he's never won a Game 7 on the road. Uh, and he has a poor record overall when it comes to Game 7. But regardless of that, it wasn't the right decision, in my opinion, to get rid no. of Max Har- or to get to get rid of uh, Doc Rivers, it just isn't. Well, look at look look at the best two guys they have supporting their main guy Embiid. Everyone and their brother knows in the NBA, especially you need what two, probably three really 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 good players. Hot Harris and Harden are completely their ghosts. They they disappear in the biggest moments. So Doc Rivers must be pissed off and frustrated during all those losses. He can't make James Harden right. possible. He can't make Tobias Harris. Uh, get scared and pass the ball when he has an open shot. You know what I mean? It's not fair to Doc Rivers. He got a bum, bum right. deal. So now you're potentially looking at uh, coaches like Mike Budenholzer, uh, Nick Nurse, Monty Williams. Well, uh, you know, Florida has to be a pretty coveted spot along with the no, those three guys that we that you, Lou, and I have spoken about the last couple of weeks, the nurse, Monty, and uh, and uh, Monty and, and Bud. Those are, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't. I think Doc's pretty good. Those guys are all awesome. They'd be a, a slight upgrade, I think, or a, or a, a, yeah. a solid upgrade from Doc. They they better hire one of those three, not Big Brother uh, Ty Lou. Right, you know, best friend of the players. They they need a hard ass in there. I think I don't know if Bud's a disciplinarian, but I mean, look at Pat Riley and Spolstra. They get the best. They get players going twice as hard as half the Philadelphia roster. Those are good coaches and good front office people. I mean, I don't know if Bud is that great. Bud had Daru Holiday, Giannis, and uh, Middleton and all those guys. I think Bud's really good, but uh, I would probably go Nick Nurse. Again, I, I think they need someone who's really tough and will really yeah. tell the player. Well, if Harden leaves, though, they don't have to worry about babysitting. They can just have players at hustle without being yelled at. So, but well, yeah. don't forget, don't forget what Bud, don't forget what Bud did in Atlanta. He gave them a sixty-two win season. Yeah, I'd go coach Bud there. He's right. like Philly too. And he's still fired him anyway. I'd go coach Bud out of all the options. I'd go coach Bud in Philadelphia. The best fit, I think. Now, here's the thing. Philly, uh, obviously, obviously, you know, Doc Rivers has said that he wants to continue coaching and he's going to wait for the right opening in order to do so. Uh, Doc, in his three seasons with Philly, he had a record of 144 wins and, if my math is correct here, 82 losses. And in the playoffs, 
he had a record of 20 and 15. Which, honestly, you know, I mean, it's obviously it could be better, but it's not, it's not all that bad. No, it's not. So, you know, I still stand by it. I think Philly's problem is they, I mean, obviously, you know, MB or I can't really call MB disappearing with 15 points because we saw in game seven, we saw game two MB come back again where he seemed limited due to his injury. And I'm wondering if maybe that might have happened in game seven. Injury. Now, injury Harden, and again, though, I really want to injury. And I really believe too, just being tired. He's literally carrying the Philadelphia roster. Cause dudes like Harden and Tobias Harris like to sleepwalk instead of playing as hard as Embiid. Embiid was doing all the heavy lifting. He got tired. Right. And he was playing a little bit now, injured Harden, too. Like he said, you know, Harden though, Harden is a different, is a different scenario. You know, Harden, I don't know. You know, maybe I'm wondering if maybe it's just the fact that he's getting up there in age. Yeah, it could um, be that too. And he might have mentally checked out for all we know. He might have mentally checked out and maybe he wants to go back to, uh, he wants to go back to the Houston strip clubs. Which, by yeah, the way, that's yeah. the hot rumor, by the way, that he is going to re-sign with the Houston Rockets in free agency. Yeah, the uh, the owner of that strip club is throwing a party right now in celebration. Yeah. The girl's, the girl's getting paid, and James getting uh, L.A. ID, too. Everyone's happy in Houston. I feel like this... In, in in my opinion, they sh- I feel like they should have done more to try and put together a good bench because they didn't really do anything. They lost DeAndre Jordan last year in free agency. Uh, they waived Isaiah Joe and Charles Bassey, you know, two players that never that weren't going to stick around anyways. Uh, they right. didn't make any additions whatsoever at the deadline. It's tougher too. I mean, they have three. Uh, what I know, Harris is ridiculous. Max, he has about three rebounds a game. He's a max player, and then Harden's uh, whatever mega max, lazy mega max contract. So I don't even know how much they I mean, could have done. I mean, they added they added Melton. They added uh, Montrezl was a massive disappointment. He was playing really lazy and uninspired. I, I think they tried. The, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the bench just fell flat on its face. But they did try. But, I, I mean, mean if, the you see, if you see holes in your in your in your team, whether it's the bench or the starting lineup, you got to make those changes. If you feel yeah. that you have the opportunity to actually do something, I mean, let's let's just take a look at this here. Joel Embiid is already 29 years old. You've already wasted a sizable chunk of his career thus far. Yeah, unfortunately, you really have a great career, but yeah, you know, yeah. And now they're kind of resetting Seven again. Seven seasons. They're losing their second best player Seven. and their head coach, so it's not going to be any easier. Yeah. For, and Embiid's going to be a year older again next year. Yeah. So you've already wasted seven seasons of his career. Uh, you know, Maxi, 
Maxi is supposed to be your next big guy, and you're already three seasons in on him. Now, Maxi, I'll say this one, Maxi. Maxi had career highs in points per game this year as well as three-point percentage. Uh, Field goal percentage. Field goal percentage dropped off just a smidge, like only 0.4% drop off. And he had he, – what's interesting, though, is he saw a decrease in minutes per game by about two, which I kind I, – which I find a little bit interesting. But he did play in less games this year due to injury. Maxie can be a very good so, player again. No, I, don't, I don't think, though, I don't yeah. think you guys would either. I mean, he's not going to be, like, the number two. He's not going to be the Batman to – Batman and Robin with no. uh, with a need. He's not no. that guy. He's good. He'd be good starter. Right. Like an all star, you know, second second guy to Embiid. They need more help. They need a new guy to slide into that hard second guy command. That's right. A big hole to fill. Uh, what, what do you know? Hard. Yeah, Lou. What are, what are your thoughts, Lou, on the disarray that's going on with Phil? You know, what is wrong with the Philadelphia 76ers? Where do they go from here? after firing Rivers. Yeah, I mean, because first of all, Rivers never should have been fired. You know, taking him to their best season over 20 years and, you know, looking at going to be a shoe in the, okay, still they lost in the um, Eastern Conference, which could have went either way, to be honest with you. I mean, came down to that game yeah. seven. And you, and you fire him. I mean, this is just like, this is just like a, a big joke. And, you know, I even think even uh, Daryl Morey, the uh, president of operations, had to say something about that, too. There was no reason for them to get fired. And now it's like uh, the Sixers had to start again from scratch. Uh, they're building a central momentum this year. And now they're back Now they're back in the, uh, well, in the shit mode, as we say. But Rivers never should have been fired. The whole, the whole thing is a, is a traffic game. And I personally would like to... I mean, I'm a Sixers fan, but there are reasons to get fired and there are reasons not to get fired. And I think the Sixers, um, Big Chuck Smith, made a big mistake in the firing of Rivers. Yeah, that's good. Also, with the halfway, also was a decent basketball player in his day, too, for your Celtics right. and my Knicks. Doc, yep, number 25. Yeah, although his real name was Glenn. So, uh, yeah. Number 25 in your program, number one in your heart. The Doc. Yes. Now, let's go to – I know I was very tame earlier today, Lou, on your show when (laughs) discussing this, but (laughs) the Boston Celtics down two games to none against Miami. Wow. Just to preface preface this, I am a Celtics fan. You know, I was born and raised uh, in Boston in all sports. Boston is dead in this series. They're done. Yeah, it looks to be done. They are cooked. I'm always very, I think very highly usually. No, they're cooked. They're done now. When you have a fucking brain-dead coach like Joe Mazzula, who in back-to-back games allows a huge run by the Miami Heat in the third quarter and doesn't even fucking call a timeout, yeah, you're done. What we, 
when you have you are, a you guy are. who th- who thinks he's worth twenty million dollars per season, even though he does jack shit off of the bench. Yes, and not just that. He then angers the best player on the uh, on the opposing team, trying to flex mm. his muscles, puff out his shirt like he's this big badass. And then yeah. Jimmy Butler goes uh, goes off. Uh, and let's keep in mind, Jimmy Jimmy Butler was kind of dormant in Game Two before that yes. incident in the third quarter. Once that incident Dylan happened, Brooks, uh, I didn't know Dylan Brooks' stunt double played for the Celtics. That was laughable. Poking the bear part yeah. too. It's like Dylan Williams or uh, Grant Brooks. He's like flexing, like begging Jimmy Butler to just go go maniacal and just destroy him, which Jimmy Butler happily did. He just totally and he poked the bear took poked the bear part too. Yeah, and he and he was basically turned he he was turned into a meme overnight, basically, <laughs> because of that. What? This dude shot eight point. He scored eight point one points per game this season, and he thinks he's Barkley. worth twenty fucking mil per season. That is Charles no. Barkley out there, about a minute flexing like that. Barkley, they they it, they won't happen. But I mean, he'd also probably be on suicide watch. But they, they should even deactivate him after what he well, did. It come to that? He literally lit, he lit Jimmy Butler on fire for the rest of the night. I'll tell you, I'm fire. I'll tell you this right now. If this dude, if this dude asks uh, Grant Williams, if he asks for twenty million per season this off season, <laughs> just let him go. Just let him walk. Exactly. He should ask, ask for a second chance and just uh, hope hope that he stays yeah. on the roster somehow. He's not getting a raise. You know, it, uh, this was the fourth year of his rookie deal, and you would think in year number four there would be a sizable step up. Not only did his numbers go down in field goal percentage, his numbers went down in three-point percentage, in free-throw percentage. I mean, his numbers, his numbers only went slightly up by .3 in points per game. He went from 7.8 to 8.1. This dude has fucking done nothing. Yeah, he had a couple of clutch shots last year in the playoffs. He's done nothing. And he wants $20 million per season. Give me a For, fucking Yeah, I would have this contract. No, after last night, give, he's, gonna, he's not going to ask for that after last night. He basically just cost himself millions. He should be embarrassed. Maybe the there was, there was another one, that. too. There was another thing, too, where he tried to show off against Atlanta I think it was Atlanta, uh, where Boston had the chance to win the game in regulation. He then, oh yeah, that was the game that I think Dejounte Murray was out. He was he, he had the chance to win a game in regulation. All he had to do was shoot two was land two fucking free throws. He starts flexing his muscles before the free throw shots begin, saying this game is over and that he was going to land both of them. Okay, he then fine. embarrassed himself. He then embarrassed himself, missed both shots. They go into overtime, and they lose. Yeah, that was, that was absolutely comical. That was so bad. They were and up he, nine points. 
and they just they totally went up in smoke after you talked shit. Like a total jackass. The, the, yeah. One of the most badass players ever. I mean, love him or hate him. Jimmy Butler is a, a tough son of a gun. Oh. And they really they, oh, they yeah, lit him yeah. on fire. He destroyed them right after that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Playoff Jimmy. You know, I... I I, I I may not be a Miami fan, you know, and, you know, I obviously, you know, as a Celtics fan, I should be pissed off. But, I mean, kudos to Jimmy Butler, man. You know, from what oh, yeah. he's been able to do, it's like it's like he plays during the regular season at a certain notch, but then he just flips a switch whenever the playoffs hit. And he looks like a top five He basically player, turns into playoff Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, I had Celtics there, too, for a good couple uh, nickels, couple some change on that one. When when he started going off, I, I couldn't even watch the end. I knew what was going to happen, unfortunately. I kept switching back between uh, the Mets game and that. It, I didn't even want to watch because yeah. I knew Jimmy, once Jimmy Butler gets cooking like that, it's lights out. And Tatum or Brown, can someone please answer the guy? I mean, they're – they're like nice guys, and Jimmy Butler's their bully. Doesn't good, look good for them. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. They, you know, I'll get, I just, Where's the killer instincts? I, I'm, Butler should not be schooling them like this. Boston's a damn good team. I'll tell you what, if they if, – well, obviously, I'm not smart in saying this. It's obvious, but if they win game three, they have a shot. But yeah, if they don't perform tomorrow, it's the, the the party's over in Boston. It's curtains. It's I, I, you know I'm even calling it now. Right now, it's fucking curtains. You think it's sweet? This team is done. Yeah, they get on three. Uh, I think it's on It'll the table. Game four. I think it's. I think it's on the table that that, that it's going to be a sweep. They have to win tomorrow, obviously, or else they're hundred percent. Probably. Boston spot. had double the, digit the leads don't. in both games. Yeah, the Heat don't play and Miami. They, they go for the, the Heat go for the jugular too. The Heat will put them to sleep quickly. They will sweep them. They do not mess around. They will beat them by thirty in Game Four if they go up three zero. I mean, it just when you have a guy like Caleb Fucking Martin who during the regular season as a starter, as a starter, he was like, okay, maybe average at best against Boston in the four games that Miami played. But when you have him, when you have him going off for 25 points off of the fucking bench, no response. I'm sorry. This team is done. Uh, they might move to and you know I, it, it really pay, it pains me to say that being a Celtics fan for all my life you know I've seen collapses before honestly this team doesn't even look like they should even be in the conference finals well not to side not to switch gears but I mean I'm hearing that Jalen Brown I know that there's some rumblings that especially if they don't if they don't get it done this series they might move on Jalen Brown just to change kind of the dynamic around Tatum. Blazers have the number three pick. There's three very, very good players in this draft. They could get a superstar point guard with that pick. I don't know, maybe Jalen for uh, the Blazers pick and, and a couple players. Uh, are you still in love? Are you still 
a big Jalen Brown fan, or has he let you down a little bit? Uh, you know, the thing is, after the Jalen Brown, in after the injury that Brown suffered to his face, it, it, he's he's been a, an on again, off again sort of player, and. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering if maybe there's some yeah. sort of maybe there's some sort of underlying problem he's dealing with. Uh, I let me put it this way: I would rather still have Brown and Tatum together on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that those two are untouchable. You know, Brown he got what he wanted. He got the super. He got the opportunity to get the super max. If I'm Boston, I'm signing him right away. As soon as, whenever this off season, whenever whenever the off season starts, whether it's whether you guys make it to the NBA Finals or you guys get eliminated in the conference finals, you know they should do it. I'm starting negotiations right away. I agree with you, and just my two cents on what they should, the first move they should make, the most the the most hastily, the quickest move they should make immediately when their season's officially done, whenever that is, uh, they should hire. I would say Bud first or Nick Nurse second. Mm. You know, Missoula's proven to be just absolutely out of his element, uh, way over his head. Get that taken care of, lock up Brown, and then maybe, I don't know, maybe finally, I don't know, I like Brogdon and Smart. I, there's That roster is too damn good not to at least get to the finals. They've been so close, and now they're just totally yeah. trapping out. They got to make a coach. I mean, I understand. I, I I understand. Maybe it's because Missoula is a rookie. I mean, he's 34 years old. You know, a first time cool. NBA head coach. You know, maybe maybe he'll improve as time goes on. But I mean, you got to learn how to call. If you have a team going on, <laughs> uh, I believe one. I believe one of the runs was a 30 to 13 run before a timeout was called. What was he doing? Like checking out TikTok on the bench? He couldn't call a timeout. Yeah. Was he, uh, was he witnessing what we were witnessing? I mean, if you if you see a team go on a nine zero run, you call a timeout right away. You better, especially the Heat too. Once Jimmy Butler starts erupting, you better stop the bleeding immediately. He just sat back and just uh, kind of hung out and didn't even stop. Stop the bleeding at all. And I mean, I mean, you know, I guess another thing too. It pains me to say it, even though Horford does so much for this team. Besides, uh, you know, even though he doesn't really score anymore, he does a lot more besides besides scoring. But he was a minus fifteen in game two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on that. No, I mean, that's not really saying much. That's not really saying much because Brown was a minus twenty-four. But he's getting up there. I think next year maybe that's one personnel change they make. Bring back Brown, new head coach, and then give the keys at the starting center role to, to Time Lord. Maybe add a more athletic guy. I like Horford a lot. Maybe move him to the bench, or maybe move on from him totally. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm wondering... now he's getting now he's getting now he's getting older. I mean, that guy is never a really fast guy. He's slowing down a little bit. You know, one of the things I'm wondering is I'm wondering if the loss of Damon Stoudemire might have done something uh, as because Stoudemire was the lead. He was the lead assistant coach 
for uh, Joe Missoula, and he ended up leaving for a job in college. So I'm wondering if the loss of Stoudemire may have had, you know, may have done something. And a guy like that, he could have really messed up the coaching rhythm strategy because, yeah, like we all know, Missoula had a lot of heart. Seemed great at first, but like Stoudemire is just much of a pedigree coaching. They could have, they they would have almost been like co-head coaches. Stoudemire could have been like right there with them, helping them call timeouts. Well, Stoudemire did. Stoudemire coached two games. Stoudemire coached two games for Boston this year when Joe Mazzulla was out. That's right. Yeah, huge loss. Yeah, Mazzulla. And let me double check. Let me double check. Actually, I believe he went two and zero in both of those games that he coached. Stoudemire turned out to be a really good coach. Now he's a, now he's a college head coach. I would have never thought. I remember when he got busted uh, sneaking uh, sneaking like a pound of weed and uh, tinfoil through a Portland airport back in the day, back when the Jailblazers were rocking and rolling out in Portland. He's definitely come a long way. Yeah, he had been with the team since 2021, uh, where he was under – was it Brad Stevens at first? Or – no, he was an assistant under – Joe or, uh, not Joe Mazzola, uh Ime Udoka. And that would be the thing, too, Joe Mazzola, Joe Mazzola was an assistant under Brad Stevens. Yeah. You just got me thinking. So, that would be the uh, ultimate. That would be the I ultimate mean, power play if Stevens said, "You know what? I'm walking back downstairs. Give me the whistle." That would be the ultimate power move in Boston if Stevens took the reins, reins again as head coach. I'll tell. I'll tell you this right now. If Stevens was if Stevens was still head coach, I think I think we would have had a different. Uh, I think no. we would have had a different a, a different situation last year. Maybe that maybe they may have won the NBA Finals, and maybe they I think five million dollars, the five million dollar raise, go get the whistle and get the clipboard, go back to head coach, and here's five million dollars extra. Do what he says. Problem is he doesn't want to coach anymore. That's the problem. I believe it. He's a class act. I, he's not. There's no like dark motives. He's probably burned out of it. He's a smart guy though, and he's still young. It's worth a shot. Give him a sweetheart deal and see what he says. Well, guys, uh, gotta uh, what's it called? I gotta uh, switch topics here for a second. Uh, we may be looking at the end of the Lakers right now. Yeah. Ten point lead for Denver. One hundred and thirteen for one Yeah, they did have a brief lead, but all of a sudden, Denver has just pulled back ahead, and with about two minutes to go. I mean, they're basically going to push L.A. to the brink here. My first good prediction in uh, years, it seems. I, call, I thought Denver was going to be, be able to take care of them. A blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. I called it. Well, I mean, you know, it, it is true. You know, we were talking earlier about how Denver, you know, is a much bigger team yeah. Yeah, compared to, line, like, Golden State. Even uh, – I find this – I mean, look at that. Porter, I'm sorry. Six ten. Gordon, six ten. Jokic, Jokic, seven one. They're just beating up on him down low. Lakers were so successful against Golden State, they were just much bigger. LeBron and AD, and now they've met their match, and then some. 
And then if you want to look at the guards, Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray's, Jamal Murray's the best guard. Jamal Murray the has rosters. thirty. Jamal Murray had yeah, thirty Lakers first fans. half points. He had thirty first half points, and he only had five, he only had five second half points. Really awesome. Overall, Joe Kishnell has twenty four. Caldwell Pope has seventeen. Uh, Brown has has fifteen off of the bench. You know that's a huge piece that Brooklyn lost in free agency. Perfect type of bench yeah. player for the Sixers. Bruce Brown's been awesome. Plays defense, hits threes, does it all. Uh, they yeah, have, uh, Bruce Green Brown. That was a, that was a key lo- that was a key loss for Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn would have been in a lot better situation if Bruce Brown had stayed. Yes. Denver's bench, I'm just looking at now. Uh, Jeff Green's playing big minutes. Bruce Brown's playing yep. big minutes. You know, they're not afraid to go to their bench, and now they're not totally burned out. The starters are well-rested. They don't even have Aaron Gordon in the game I right mean, now. Looking at this no. I mean, they do have some pretty notable names on that Porter. bench, though. DeAndre Jordan, Reggie Jackson, yep. Uh, yep. Thomas Bryant, from LA, formerly of the Lakers. Jeff you know, Green, they Bruce do Brown. have quite a few names on that roster. Their bench, they could go to. Philly. Much better bench than Philly. Speaking of benches, yeah. Yeah, oh, and yeah, definitely. And Jamal, yeah. and Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray uh, suffered season-ending injuries, I think, two years in the last four years. Denver's finally healthy. Yep. Now, now you see what they can cook. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. It's You know, I, I got to tell you, you know, I would say that Denver should be the favorite for the NBA Finals, but I just, I just don't know with the, with the run that Miami yeah, has I been on. Where they got to be. Well, I mean, with, dude, with the run awesome. Miami has been on, though, I just, I don't know. But dude, look at, but besides, um, Bam down low again. Look at Denver's size. Miami's probably smaller than the Lakers. Definitely. I mean. True. I think Martin, well, Kevin Love plays like five minutes. But they can shoot, though. Oh, they yeah, can shoot, be, though. I don't want to assume anything, and I like Boston, but assuming Miami plays Denver, Denver's bigger again. But, yeah, you. I mean, that'd be, that's a great matchup. Two most deserving teams, Denver-Miami Denver. right now. Yeah. The Lakers, they're about to go down 3-0, and – I mean, I uh, guess this isn't really a prediction. It's more of a spoiler. Uh, Boston will go down 3-0 tomorrow night. <laughs> um, I know it's very pessimistic, really it's very pessimistic of me as a Boston fan to say that, but it is true. It's probably going to happen. They're flying out. Hopefully, they, hopefully they got a strict curfew tonight. They're in Miami Beach right now. We don't we don't need Tatum out till 5 a.m. at the uh, Miami clubs. Yeah. They've been known to, yeah, they've but, been known to hang, up, hang over some players. Out in South Beach. Yeah, Grant Williams. Grant, Grant Williams can stay out there though, for all I care. He can uh, get all night. We do have overtime, by the way. Uh, we do have. Uh, we do have. Uh, we're going to our <laughs> what fifth overtime? It is now, Lou. What? Uh, our Jesus fifth overtime in two games now. Wow. Between Florida and Carolina. How long will this one go? Uh, that's wow. a good question. I don't know. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how I can really answer that, uh, considering that we almost Let's saw practically. Well, the when the sun comes up. Uh, yeah, we saw practically five overtimes so, in game one. So, 
That's crazy. Great matter. Yeah, they were only 13. Pathetic, this game was pathetic. Ugh. They were 13 NCG. seconds away from a fifth overtime. And you guys have both pointed out the last couple of shows how Carolina's been amazing overcoming some key injuries. Two or yeah. three of their best players are out. That's, that's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, – and by the way, right now, Sebastian Ajo is actually the odds-on favorite to score the overtime winner uh, for oh, Carolina. Yeah. For for Florida, it's Kachuk or Verhage that are the favorites. What's that on DraftKings? Oh, so, so, on on DraftKings, draft yeah. Uh-oh. I think so, yeah. Draft. I was going to take the Lakers tonight. Thankfully, I, for some reason, I couldn't log in. So, I saved my day. <laughs> And by the way, that is official. Where did the Lakers go uh, along this time? God looked down at me and said, how dare you? As now. a Blazer fan, God, God intervened and said, as a beleaguered Blazer fan, how dare you try to bet the Lakers? He wouldn't let me uh, log into DraftKings. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you did LeBron. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've suffered many years ever since uh, Damon Stoudemire and Rasheed Wallace and Brian Grant and Sabonis losing to Kobe and Shaq. Uh, Drexler, Drexler, Danny Age, Cliff wow. Robinson, losing to Michael, Michael and Pippen. Oh yeah, Blazers have always been yeah. a little bit about the Lakers. Now we just want to get back to the. By playoffs. the way, we do have There's a few. Wow. I, I, I should have mentioned this earlier when we were talking about Boston because we do have a few yeah. stats to talk about or, or to mention. Uh, going back okay. to the Philly series, uh, Jason Tatum set a new NBA uh, playoff record for 51 points in a playoff game. Uh, The record for the most points, and and that's specifically as well for a game seven, not just all time, but also also a game seven record. Uh, As Steph Curry went for 50 to close off Sacramento in the first round this year, and now Tatum posted 51. So Tatum now has that record. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the deficit from for, uh, for the Sixers in the third quarter, three to ten, was the score for the third quarter, tying their franchise record for the fewest points in a quarter in the playoffs, not counting overtime. Oh boy! Wow. So we yeah. did see history on both sides. Wow. And yeah. by, by the way, the uh, it does sound like as well, uh, league executives, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, league executives do believe that James Harden will sign with the Houston Rockets this summer. So good, good riddance. Basically, no his, Philly. his Philadelphia days are over. No one's going to miss him there. Yeah, Sorry. apparently. Look at that stat with uh, Murray, Jamal Murray, 37 points, 30 in the first half, as you pointed out. And then teams are 149-0 and 0 when leading three games to zero in a seven-game series. NBA stat. Yeah, that's 149. <laughs> um, logging in, drafting, taking Denver for the next one. It would, take, it would take a massive comeback and a lot of help from the referees. For yeah. LA to come back and win that that series, yeah, surprisingly they, they weren't they weren't wearing Lakers lingerie underneath their ref outfits tonight. Surprisingly, oh yuck! 
Oh yeah, well, there's for, an image for, for you. The first, uh, for the first half, they were. <laughs> no, Donaghy. The first half, Donaghy. they clearly were. It was eight on five early on, but they couldn't they couldn't overcome the the, the Nuggets. Eight versus five. Now we do also have some controversy going on in the NBA as well as John okay. Morant just can't get out of his own way. He has, been, he has been he has been suspended from all team activities due to an investigation into him flashing a gun in yet again another social media video. This time it wasn't at a nightclub, though. And he was suspended back in March due to flashing a gun in an Instagram Live while at a Colorado strip club. And now he flashed one while in the passenger seat of a friend's car. Yeah, and And issued the same, same, like, two-sentence uh, uh, copied and pasted robotic apology. I'm very sorry. I'm going to – now I'm definitely going to learn my lesson. Thank you all. Like, what a heartfelt apology. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> Someone wrote However, that for me in about though, two seconds. Oh, we have, we have a goal. Looks like it is – is it Kachuk? Is it legit, It though? was Matthew Kachuk again. I was right. I was right. Matthew Kachuk again in overtime, and this was off of Anti Ranta. Okay, so it wasn't it wasn't Anderson; it was Anti Ranta. Keith, you gotta be proud of yourself. So a a two to one or a two nothing series lead for the Florida Panthers. Wow, heading to Florida. So they did a legit goal. It is legit. They did. They did officially rule it. Yeah. They did officially. They did officially rule it a good goal. Okay. So uh, it reads Matthew Matthew Kachuk on the power play from Sam Reinhart and Sam Bennett at one fifty one of overtime. That was fast. Well, yeah, they don't want to play. They don't want to play four overtimes again. I'll tell you what. Can you though, blame them? You know, we talked. We talked, Lou, about what the, you know, what what the uh, what kind of damage this might have done to the morale of Carolina losing in game one. Morale screwed. Now you've lost back-to-back overtime games. So yeah, that's a that's a that's a mental uh, crusher right there. That's a that's a mind f. Well, the mind, be, uh, I mean, we've seen it before. You yeah. know, we've seen it before. What uh, the what the implications are of a team losing in overtime? Send them on a spiral mentally. Yeah, deflating. When you lose a game like that, you know, I think your mentality, your your mental mentality, I think I think it's a shot. I mean, you're flipping the four overtimes. You're you're mentally you're mentally and physically exhausted, and you know it's it's a lot to come back from from a loss like that. So you know yes. that that could be proven to be a now emotional, physical, and mental loss for the team. You know how do you bounce back from that? I'll never know. Yes, yeah. some, sometimes athletes will say they'd rather lose. You know, 
by a couple goals or by well, yeah. 20 points in basketball than lose by a point or lose in overtime. It's, it's, it's a yeah. harder way to lose sometimes mentally. It takes a lot out of you. Yeah, so well, now not only do you not only do you lose not only do you lose in four overtimes, now you lose in overtime or yeah, now you lose in overtime, not not even two minutes in. Like I said, I mean it's tough to go that distance, you know, four times in back to back games, even even in a series like that. I mean that's just not going to happen, you know. So eventually, someone's going to give out early because. When you play a game like that, you did take yesterday off the skate, but basically, even if you did go over time, you knew it wasn't going to last enough for us. That that is just too mentally and physically exhausting to do that two games in a row. So the chances of that happening again were very, very slim. Yeah. Now, game three is set for Monday at 8. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, I, I I remember saying that it would be it would be different, you know, you know, maybe if if somehow Carolina could win tonight and even the series, that maybe maybe there would be some sort of you know, it could be potentially a close series. With this, with with Florida winning tonight, I'm kinda of thinking Florida I think I think a sweep could potentially be on the table, especially with exactly. the, with uh, with Bobrovsky playing like he has been. Yeah, could very well happen. A ninety-seven point four save percentage tonight. He's now, wow. I think, nine and two. I think he's now nine and two in the playoffs this year. Wow. All about goaltending, most important position in the game. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, this might be, yeah, this might be finally, his, uh, finally his season potentially. After choking so many years with Columbus. Going back to John Morant, you yeah. want to talk about choking? You're yeah. basically this kid. This kid is basically wasting away an NBA career. When, mm-hmm. by the way, he's getting better each and every year. And you know he's supposed to be the leader of this Memphis Grizzlies team. He just can't, he can't get out of his own way. No. I mean, you yeah, have really a guy, he, he was really he, he was involved in a lawsuit, uh, acu- being accused of assaulting a 17-year-old kid back uh, last year outside of Morant's home. Uh, you know, you have the first gun incident. And there was a gun involved, by the way, in that original incident in the uh, pickup basketball game uh, incident. There was a gun tucked in John Morant's waistband. Then yeah. you have the gun in the strip club. Now you have 
him flashing a gun in in his friend in his uh, friend's car. Now he's been suspended by the team, and I'll tell you one thing: he's probably facing. And now, granted, he got suspended. I forget how many how many games it was earlier this year uh, to go for personal help. He's probably facing potentially a half year suspension. I, I, I wish I was, I wish I was kidding, but that's what I had read. Yeah. He could fit. Rival executives believe he might be out half the year. Yep, half the year. Because a lot of people believe that the NBA took it easy on him the first go around. But now you have a repeat offense? Yeah. I mean, it's not a good look. No, it's ugly. No, after you you so, uh, earlier, but I mentioned on Lucia, I came on after you a little later today, Steve. But not, yeah, nothing. But you you read about their their Crips and Bloods. There's like hardcore gang members in L.A. that are. I guess he was flashing gang signs too. So they're he's pissing off gang members that have made uh, dozens of people disappear overnight. That's not good for his uh, health or well-being either. Because uh, no. oh. we know. We know they they, they they killed many a rapper. Uh, hopefully, obviously, I wish no one any yeah. harm, but uh, you don't want to uh, poke those those bears out there. So I don't oh, even know what he's got. He's got, a, he's got a death wish or what? But he's 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 doing a lot more than just pissing off Adam mm-hmm. Silver. Speaking of something like that, by the way, uh, there was an altercation between him and member uh, between associates of his and members of the Indiana Pacers. Earlier this year, yeah, you have where, people in different states that want to uh, see this guy hurt. So that's yeah, a lot more to worry about than pissing off Adam Silver right now. So basically, what had happened was, I guess, I guess one of the Pacers guards got into a verbal altercation with Jod's father, who basically goes to literally every single game that that Jod plays. Morant then came over and had words with with that guard. But then another Pacers guard came over and tried having a physical altercation with Morant. Uh, yeah. Pacers forward James Johnson then exchanged words with Devontae Pack, who was an associate of Morant, uh, sitting at courtside, and Pack ended up having to be removed from that game. Now, later on that night, acquaintances of Morant aggressively confronted members of the Pacers party near the team bus. Later on, a person in an SUV, which Morant was riding in, supposedly pointed a red laser at that bus. Two members of the Pacers party that spoke to the athletic believed that the laser was attached to a gun. A red dot gun. A member, a Pacers security guard near the bus loading area remarked, that's 100% a gun. And another person uh, present stated that they felt we were in grave danger. The NBA later investigated the incident where they interviewed multiple people and reviewed surveillance footage. And the league, and that while the league substantiated that a post-game situation arose that was confrontational, they cannot corroborate that any individual threatened others with a weapon. 
Uh, it was also said that certain individuals involved in the incident were banned from attending games at the FedEx Forum, which is the Grizzlies arena. Uh, Morant had later posted a tweet on Twitter where he denied all allegations and clarified that Pack was banned from the forum for a year. So this is just this is basically it's been a growing saga yeah. that is that is going on with Ja. And I, you know, he's, he's, it, I, he's I making, tell you right making, now, he's making a he's making a lot of enemies in a lot of different areas of the country. So he better have a good security yeah. team, and he better learn to never carry a gun again, and he better apologize to a lot of people very quickly. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can tell you right now that that uh, I have no doubt that that laser could have been potentially a gun. And the reason being, we've seen we've seen gun attachments have lasers. Come on, he's not he's his entourage is not a high school prankster. They're not carrying one of those little red laser things you get at a hardware store. So it's like exactly. to a pretty expensive uh, piece of machinery in someone's pocket. Not just that, but now Nike has removed his shoe. His new shoe that is coming out, Nike has now removed his shoe from their listings. Wow. Uh-huh. So now he's going to be losing money from, from, uh, from the, shoe, uh, the shoe sales that he was going to have. Yeah, from NBA sponsorship now he does to have, NRA, NBA to NRA sponsorship. Yeah, he's losing all the sponsorship. Yeah. It's horrendous. The guy's absolutely out of control. It's worse than like a drug or uh, I don't even want to say domestic. They're both horrible, but um, this mm-hmm. is the worst kind of problem you could probably have at his level because now you, you could have multiple yeah. people looking to uh, to do really serious harm to him. I mean, it is what it is. He's playing with fire. And you don't Big play time. with fire. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he even had—he uh, has a death wish, apparently. Yeah, they even had uh, Charles Barkley go off yeah. on TV on Ja. And that's yeah, that, I don't know now he has gonna... some NBA. Now he has some agents across the NBA who are irate at him, saying that his actions have had a significant impact across the league. Yeah. They really so it's not just message. a bad look for Morant. It's not just a bad look for Morant or for the Grizzlies. It's a bad look on the entire league. No, and you know, because yeah, it do. taints it taints the image of the whole league because people are going to look at a player like Morant and they're going to say they're going to associate his actions with the actions uh, as if they were the actions of any basketball player. Getting more and more momentum. Oh, it's a thug league, whatever bullshit that was. Yeah, he's breathing life into that bullshit. So if right. um, Silver is, Adam Silver has no choice. If he doesn't absolutely hammer him with a huge suspension, who's to say uh, two or three other guys over the summer don't get caught with guns on social media? He has to right. suspend them very lengthily, very, very harshly. He has to. Yeah, and 
so yeah, something has to be done because not only is, I mean, his life may be potentially in danger from yep. all of the stuff that he's, uh, from all the stuff that he's doing, but it just, it paints a bad image on the whole league itself. I know it's not all choir boys either. Neither any pro, pro league, but there also are a lot of great guys and great philanthropists and people who give a lot to charities and stuff too. So it's not fair to any right. professional league to put up with that. So Adam Silver is going to protect his his pride and joy. He's going to absolutely hammer him with a huge suspension. And now you know this is not saying that this is not saying that oh he can't own a gun he can't brandish a gun. We're not saying that. We're what we're saying is don't no. do it in a publicly available manner. <laughs> like for <laughs> like example, don't do it on some sort on something that can be published to to millions of people. You're kind of noticeable. You're kind of you're kind of in the spotlight as a professional superstar athlete. Like people actually kind of follow but, and notice what you're doing. So don't do that shit. Pretty simple. Twice. Like I mean, I mean, if you yeah. want to do if you want to do that, you know, if if you want to do that uh, in private or whatnot, that's fine. If you want to be a thug on your own time, whatever whatever the hell you want to do, that's fine. Don't I mean? Does he forget that he's it. supposed to be a role model for kids? You can't broadcast it. Role model? it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He lost forty million with the first suspension. Now he's going to lose more. And like you said, he might lose his uh, ability to breathe if he keeps pissing off the wrong people. He might. Yeah, the, you know, he's supposed to be a role model for kids, and. There you have it. You have him brandishing a damn gun on multiple occasions. Twice, multiple occasions in the same season, saying, I'm sorry, okay, I did it again. I did it again. You know, like Britney Spears. I mean, come on, enough's enough, Josh. Exactly. Silver probably wants to spend him for a year, but then, you know, the union will be in an uproar. He can at least give him 40 game suspension. 40 half a year. I mean, if you're going to do that, if you're going to do stuff like that, don't do it on a publicly available platform. I think if you're like 19 or 20 years old, you realize that. Like if you're on the street somewhere, let alone yeah. a superstar professional athlete, it's beyond beyond the pale. I don't even know how he doesn't. He's obviously got something really, really troubling going on upstairs. Keep doing this. It's, I've never seen this before. You know, uh, Memphis Memphis great Tony Allen has tried to contact Ja uh, to offer guidance throughout this whole thing because we know, you know, T- Tony Allen has had similar issues. He had similar issues during his NBA career, and you know, he he had to deal with his fair share of uh, of situations. But you know, Morant is still young. Yeah, and immature. And 
you know, Alan has been in his shoes because he even said, I try to re- I reach out to his dad every day. I tell him, hey, man, I'm in y'all's corner. I'm around. If I'm here if you need me. I've been through some of what he's trying to portray. It can get rough. So whatever Morant is trying to trying to put up, he hasn't been through the stuff that Tony Allen went through during his younger years. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think Jaw's going to finally realize that, you know, this, this shit isn't just affecting, you know, it's, it's affecting his yeah. image all around. Absolutely. So, you know, not only will he be suspended, he's going to be losing potential uh, potential uh, money from sponsorships. Yo. You know, it's just, this yeah. is a guy who needs to be checked. I remember a story coming and from you a even very have... small school. He was like a big underdog, really uh, did a lot for the community in Memphis. They, I mean, he's beloved out there. And he really was. He's like a Dame Lillard that came from nowhere, came from a really small school. And for him to morph, metamorphosize into this type of character is really depressing. It's really troubling. You know, he he wasn't known as some gangster. He didn't really have a checkered past uh, coming no. up through college and stuff. He's literally overnight become this total thug. Uh, I don't know if it's the people he surrounded himself with. Maybe he's got a drug habit or something. Maybe he snapped. Maybe a girl left him and he's lost part of his mind. I, I don't know what's going on, but this is a whole new uh, terrible job Morant that we've been seeing. Yeah, and uh, you know, Charles Barkley said on television, uh, on NBA on TNT, he said, those guys are just freaking idiots. When you're making $100 million yeah. a year to play sports, your life changes. There are certain rules and regulations you have to live by, plain and simple. You can't do stupid stuff. That's the trade-off. Yeah. And the thing is, Adam Silver hasn't even seen the video yet. Well, when he when he first commented on it, he hadn't even seen the video. Oh yeah. And he's not going to be. You know, here's another thing. You know, here's another thing. He said, uh, Barkley said, first of all, you're not a thug. You're not a criminal. You're not a crook. You're a guy making $100 million a year to dribble a stupid basketball. You've got to look in the mirror and say, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm the problem. It's disappointing because the kid is a great yeah. player. And you even, you know, you even have, uh, you even have other people like Shannon Sharp going off on them. Yeah, I was just gonna say this again. This isn't not to keep, you know, testifying on his behalf, but he's not a guy that came in with a bunch of different things going on, like a Joe Mixon in football or whatever. Uh, Randy Moss, Allen Iverson got arrested a couple times in college. He didn't have a really terrible um, checkered past. He's literally, uh, he wasn't known to be a real questionable character until this year. It's really, really troubling. You know what? He's about to lose Powerade, too, probably. Mm. 
He already lost the Nike endorsement, and he's probably going to lose the Powerade endorsement too. That's about twenty yep. to thirty million dollars he just lost. <laughs> Unbelievable! I think it's monopoly money. Yeah, yeah. cost him forty million. Forty million the first suspension. Someone on Lucio mentioned that I believe, and now it's going to be a longer suspension this time. Going to equal even more money lost. Yeah. And not just that, he he now enters the first season of a five-year max deal that swallows 25% of the team's cap space. Oh. So they're already, you know, he's they're all they're entering a max deal with him. This uh, this deal was signed before all of this shit took place. And he had, you know, he had supposedly entered a counseling program in Florida during his eight-game suspension back in March. He started working on breathing techniques or whatever to deal with stress, whatever the fuck that does. Uh, and nothing. now, I mean, how can you how can you be dealing with stress when you're rolling with your homies, uh, flexing flexing your guns and your uh, and pistols and whatnot. Got to be a lot of uh, you know late night stress. Wondering if you're going to drive the Lamborghini or the Ferrari in the morning. The Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, Red. it's just it's always the Ferrari. You know, or now, now this is going to have a ripple effect on Memphis too, because now Memphis they, might they may have wanted to do some things. They may have wanted to trade Tyus Jones, for example. Tyus Jones was supposedly going to be on the trading block. You can't do that now. No, and no. If they not with the uh, They're going to get pennies. They're going to get a discounted return. Now other teams, well, teams with a lot of draft picks, look at a team like Utah. Danny Ainge has about 500 draft picks. Maybe they make a move for John Morant. I mean, now no, the Grizzlies, they were, they were on the cusp. I don't think any team would even want to go for him. That was a championship roster, and no. now it's totally up to smoke. Yeah, that was a championship roster, and then Jaw literally blew it up. Oh, Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks started the whole Dylan and Jaw both just imploded. Yeah, I don't think – I, I mean, I, this, is, this is just me, but I don't think anybody will even want to go for Jaw. I don't think any team would even want to go for him. They don't no. want that baggage. True. Uh, I don't know. Maybe both. Maybe, yeah, especially Utah is pretty squeaky clean, if you know what I mean, out in Salt Lake. But, um, as far as we know. Um, oh, Danny I don't know. doesn't maybe give a shit like the, Maybe a team like the Knicks. Or, no, they have Bronson. But you get what I'm – the only reason I say that is because you can get them for a big discount now. And just right. hope that he cleans his ass but, up. You know, it's a risk. Danny but. Ainge doesn't give a shit about that, though. That's true. No. But Utah's kind of like he a, they're, they're a certain type of character they like out there. I'm, maybe Philly. Maybe Philly now realizes they don't have to trade Embiid for him. They could maybe get him for Maxi and Melton and two number one picks. Something like that. You know what I mean? A team that's close could maybe get a discounted rate on him. It's a huge risk. I think maybe one team might try to do it. Someone out there. Yeah, maybe. I I just I I don't know if if that would be worth the risk though because think about it. It's this risk. kid, 
This is the this is the third incident that has happened over the last year involving some sort of gun, whether it was holstered in his uh, in his pants or whatnot. That, this is the third incident in a year. Yeah. Now look, I mean, any, it's, GM, it's any a, GM in the any GM in the right mind won't, wouldn't even pick up the phone yet until the punishment's handed down, until, and until he actually doesn't yeah. have a cue card written by some. Uh, 24-year-old agent, some PR girl. I mean, they need he needs to really come forward and have, like, a press conference and announce that he's going into a rehabilitation program. Uh, he he can't issue, like, a little two-sentence uh, bullshit, you know, mea culpa apology. He has to really uh, show that he's changing. It's going to – maybe a GM by the end of the summer makes makes an offer. You know what I mean? It's, it's still going to be risky, but – We'll see what the suspension is first. What do you guys think? I think at least probably forty game suspension. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's probably got to be that because you know the NBA yeah. people were shocked that the NBA even took it lightly on him to begin with the first time. But now, yeah, you know this is a repeat. This is a repeat offense. So. You got, you know, considering how damaging this is going to be to the image of the of the league itself, you got to think that they're gonna that they're gonna want to send a message. If Adam Silver was any was 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 as good of a commissioner as he as people believe he is, he would he would get you know he would set an example. With this one, yeah, he has to really, really you know, this, put a huge hammer down. This shouldn't be to. accepted. Yeah, this shouldn't be accepted because if you give no. him another eight game suspension or something, you know, you're basically you're basically saying that it's okay to do whatever this, what, what you know, what he's doing. And I think Silver's probably viewed as he's like a a friend yeah. of a lot of the players. He's a very player friendly own uh, boss, if you want to put it that way. But he has no choice. He has to really punish him hard. He has to send a message, or else they, they might be a, become a league wide problem with other people doing it, and then it's out of control. He has to really make it a good example, rightfully so, out of John Morant. John Morant deserves to be punished severely. I mean, hell, you even have uh, you even have strippers from the strip club where he did the where he did the first yeah. uh, incident, uh, calling him a boy, basically. Yeah, boy. <laughs> so you have you have strippers basically making fun of one of your biggest stars. Uh, open, uh, now he's going to come out with an AR-15. Okay, what does that tell you? Now he's going to come out with an AK-47 to prove that he's a tough guy. I wish the strippers wouldn't talk so much about John Morant in the, in the media. Yeah. But uh, what do I know? James Harden, I guess, just you even had, You even had Plaxico Burris, who was known for shooting himself oh. in the leg at a nightclub. Yeah. Dr. You Phil have Burris. him. 
giving you giving you advice. Yep, Phil Burrett, Doctor Phil, he's coming to his rescue, giving him life advice. You know, you're in a tough yeah. spot when Plaxico's giving you advice. You know, you had Gilbert Arenas, who brought guns into his own team's locker room. <laughs> and he made fun of the sitch and he mocked the situation by making finger gun gestures at a game. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. You have Gilbert Arenas, who is even telling him to cut the shit. Rush. Yeah. You know you're at rock bottom when, when Gilbert and Plaxico are trying to show you the light. You've reached rock bottom. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, not only is it no lo- no lo- uh, not only are his sneakers no longer listed on the Nike app, they are not listed on the Finish Line app either. Oh boy. So that's you know that's even that's even more stuff that he's. Uh, that he's basically missing out on, essentially. So I would not be surprised at all if we, you know, if if we start hearing more and more about. Obviously, you know this is this is a uh, this is a, a thing that's not going to be going away anytime soon. I wouldn't be surprised. No. If we hear about some sort of if if we hear about some sort of suspension in the near future here, uh, I assume you know it'll probably be put on ESPN first or something uh, that we'll learn of some sort of some sort of suspension. But it's honestly this is this is just embarrassing for the league. Period. So, and it's a shame because you know he is—he is one of the brightest young stars that they have. Yeah. But you know, who knows? I guess maybe maybe he can possibly turn it around. Yeah, but I mean, he was just like wow, like laughing. It was such a ridiculously lame. uh, Apology, you know, it was like a public service message that obviously someone else wrote. Yeah. The second time he got busted doing something really bad. So it's like, I guess he just doesn't even care. So he should get just shellacked with a massive punishment, and he will. Right, he should be. And, I mean, uh, granted, it's, it's, easy for me to, it's easy for me to say this considering how they've played without John ja Morant. But it's not like the – I mean, the Grizzlies, yeah, I guess will suffer. Uh, by punishing them for uh, by suspending Morant, but the Grizzlies have actually played. Uh, many would argue they've played better without Morant in the lineup the last two seasons. Whenever he's been injured or suspended, right. So would it really be all that bad if they lose him for part of the season? No, I, I don't know. He's got to eventually come back or get traded when he comes back. But yeah, Memphis overall—they're more worried about PR. They can, they can still have a playoff 
style record with uh, Jones, as long as they have Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson and Steven Adams and those guys. I mean, you remember they were winning a lot without him before he came back and started waving guns everywhere. So, Right. But, yeah, I mean, and then either move him or hopefully he turns a new leaf and actually stops waving guns around like, you know, like a complete maniac. But, yeah, they might eventually move on from him. We'll see. He's not doing himself any favors lately. All right, going to the NBA, for, or I mean the NFL, for a minute here. Uh, we go from one controversy to another. However, yeah. this controversy, though, is ending. And it turns out it wasn't really a controversy at all, many would say. As yeah. former Buffalo punter, Matt Ariza, who never played a single game for Buffalo after being drafted by them last year due to accusations of rape, has now been cleared of all, char- of, of all accusations as there was no there were no charges filed, and it was reported by San Diego State University that there were no findings to any of the allegations made against Matt Ariza. And because of his because of his connection to a college lawsuit involving the criminal investigation, it cost him his spot on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, yep. He's going to be the best punter in the league, apparently. He's kicking him like 60, 65 yards in preseason, that preseason. Oh, yeah, they were calling him the punting god. Murder leg, iron leg. Yeah, the punting god. They were calling him the punting god. And now, obviously, hopefully this means that he'll get – that he'll uh, – you know, some team will, will take a shot on him. Maybe – who knows? Maybe he'll – signed back with the Bills because he was their sixth-round pick last year, and he had originally signed with Buffalo only to then be released after this uh, after this lawsuit came out, after these accusations came out. But now that he's basically been cleared of all charges, there's uh, – I mean, teams would be foolish to not try and take a shot on him, especially teams awesome. that might be in need of yeah. a punter. Flip it around, though, Steve, at the same time, he might be pissed as the agent or his family. Buffalo didn't believe me. They cut me. So he might he might be looking to start fresh with a new team. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, someone's going to sign him. If he's if he's cleared, guy's a hell of a punter. He'll, he'll end up somewhere. I mean, hell, I'll yeah. say this. New England. New, you know, New England, yeah. they haven't been, uh, you know, they haven't been shy about uh, signing players that have had, that have been involved in problems in the past. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if New England, now that he's been cleared, if New England potentially takes a shot on him, considering the fact that you know, he does need a, or they they do need a punter. I would not be yeah. surprised in, in 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 the least. Yeah. Yeah, he'll find a home some sometime soon. Yeah. 
Uh, elsewhere around the league, uh, Matt Ryan, while he has not declared retirement, apparently mm-hmm. he will be joining the CBS in the broadcast booth this season. But well, actually, it was next year. Yeah. It says it says for it says for the 2023 season. I thought it said 2024. Yeah, no, it says uh according to according to the article I'm uh you know, the article I'm seeing here, it says twenty uh the twenty twenty three season. Okay. So you know, while he has not officially declared retirement, this will be ju- you know, just just before his thirty eighth birthday. Mm. So I would assume, you know, that would probably mark uh, probably the end of his NFL career potentially here. Um, possible, you know, the league has all, the, the league may have already moved on from him. I mean, if he was, you would think that if teams were still interested in him, that he would have signed with the team, even if it was to be a backup. Yeah. So it's it, it really is astounding, honestly. The you know the huge drop off that we've seen out of Matt Ryan ever since he ended up losing the Super Bowl to uh, to Tom Brady, and you know the whole twenty eight to three fiasco. It's almost like he's like and, and, you know he's more uh, he not takes just, more time to get rid of the ball and he's slower than a statue now. So it's yeah. a bad combination. But mentally, he's kind of burned out, and then he's just—he's like a traffic cone. He cannot move at all. So it's, right. it's kind of an ugly thing to watch. I think his uh, the ship has sailed. He's—it's time to time for him to head to the head to the booth permanently. Yeah, and you know, it's not—it's not just—it's not, just, uh, it, not just him that's been cursed, but it's also uh, the the Atlanta Falcons too. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, just a wicked. The uh, Atlanta Falcons—they've been—they haven't been the same ever since that Super Bowl loss. That was absolutely, yeah. That was one of the worst. That was one of the worst. And give the give the Pats credit for coming back, but it was uh, the worst. I mean, one of the worst. The worst. They were like, "Oh, we're gonna win this." Uh, it's like the second quarter. Keep playing, guys. Wrong. It's not over yet. Patriots can come back pretty well. Yeah, that was absolutely. And they did. Patriots deserved a ring. I get it. I get it. But yeah, the Falcons could have uh, played a little bit differently there. Yeah, but, but yeah, the that's show like that, uh, that's still haunting them to this day. You're right. Like, the low point, though, for Matt Ryan being benched in favor of Sam Ellinger. Yeah. I mean, that right there probably told him. Yeah, they have no, uh, you know, they're they're not. Uh, my, if I, if I'm getting benched for a guy who can barely play in this league, you know, I'm yeah. probably done. And then look at the Colts now. I mean, Minshew, so they're everyone's very everyone's praising yeah. Anthony Richardson. Maybe I was wrong on him. They're talking like he's going to be a. a Superstars, so yeah, but I mean, 
Matt Ryan looked terrible in Indianapolis. Yeah. He looked washed up at the end of in, in Atlanta. So it's not going to get any better anywhere he goes at this point. I think it's time to hang him up. Yeah, and you know, I mean, ultimately, he did he he did have an MVP season during his career. Yeah, uh, good career. He had a good career. You know, problem problem is you know declining arm strength that pretty much pretty much ruined you know the last couple of seasons of his career, but, I mean, come on, 381 touchdowns, 183 picks. Uh, He had career passing yards of over 62,000. He's an MVP. Sorry, the sad part is, the sad part is, he had a damn good career, and then the end was so ugly kind of makes it into like, oh, yeah, good career. You know what I mean? I wanted to say great, but, like, the end was so bad that it kind of tarnishes the overall picture. It's been a pretty bad couple of years. Yeah, yeah it's, kind of, it's kind of like he's now turned into a guy who stayed one or two years too, too long. long. He stayed at the party too long, yeah. And he tarnished a really good resume at the end. But overall, he was on on the pace. I thought maybe maybe a Hall of Fame, maybe not. But very 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 good career, and then wow, ugly ending. That kind of throws the whole thing off. Oh, uh, I don't know. I do think Hall of Fame is still possible. Could be. Yeah. It's just one of the rougher endings I've seen out of a quarterback, at least in my in my view. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I do Jeff think Saturday didn't even know how to coach, and then he's pulling him, and he's putting him back in, and then he throws, you know, for forty-five yards, gets killed again, and then, and then quietly retires. It's like, wow, but he's not retired. I mean, yet. look at it like, like this. On, look at it like this. Even in his last year in Atlanta, his last year in Atlanta was still somewhat good. Twenty touchdowns, twelve picks. I mean, granted, it's. His last year in Atlanta was his worst year that he had since his rookie year. That wise. Yeah, so, I, I'm a fan of Matt Ryan. The ending is tough. You're right, though. He still has a shot at the Hall of Fame. I think he awesome, still has really shot. awesome years. He had some really, really good, great years too. Yeah, you know, it helps. It helps that he's a former MVP. Offensive player of the year. He was also the rookie of the year. Uh, he he was a first-team All-Pro back in 2016. Uh, Pro Bowl, although I guess that doesn't really mean much nowadays anyways. But, you know, you know, he does, I think, have the – he does actually have some NFL records too. Yes. Uh, involving passing yards and pass completions throughout a certain number of years in NFL history. So, not to mention he has a record for consecutive NFL games with at least 200 passing yards. That's 64 games. Uh, So, you know, it's still, I feel, potential Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a shot. I wish you could have ended differently, but you know, I, I, he's a good—he's a good right. dude. He's a good character guy. We'll see what happens. Yeah. 
Uh, one last little note here. I know we're running down. We're running down towards the end of things here. Uh, Dom- yeah. Domingo German has received a ten-game suspension following his ejection from Tuesday's game against the Toronto Blue Jays for the use of an illegal foreign substance. Yeah. And says that he he began serving the suspension on Wednesday night. Uh, He becomes the second pitcher this season to receive a 10-game ban due to... Yeah, due, due to an illegal uh, use of an illegal substance. Yeah. And by the way, another thing too that kind of pisses me off, uh, kind of kind of going through, uh, kind of going through along with this, is yeah. the Yankees once again. You know, they they had a uh, a substance check today. And actually, the uh, manager, I forget what team they're facing, but uh, the Reds, I think. But Red, the manager Red, yeah. of the Reds, the manager of the, of the Reds actually got ejected today for, he got pissed off, basically, that the referees, for the second time this season, allowed the Yankee pitcher to wash his hands. Like, as if there was something on them. And they allowed the pitcher to basically wash his hands, but yet if it was, you know, if if it was somebody else on another team, they would have been immediately ejected from the game. Exactly. It's the second time that that it's happened this season with the Yankees. You know, it just, it kind of seems to me like the league is playing favorites almost. Yeah, it does sound like it. Unless this is just, you know, unless this is a referee discretion sort of thing, but you know, it's oh, almost no. like if there's if there's supposed to be uh, fair, you know, if there if the, if somebody uh, is under suspicion of using a foreign substance, you don't allow them to no wash their hands. I mean, it's, you know, it just, it just makes it look like the league is playing favorites. Didn't do that. Yeah, she's going. And it's a, you know, it's just, it's just a real bad look, essentially. Yes. But, you know, that's a the. I I just I I get the whole thing for. You know, wanting to wanting to check players, but you gotta you gotta be. You know you you gotta be consistent. Yeah. You gotta be consistent. Don't. Don't play favorites. I know that's hard to do yeah. for for umpires. Uh, you know, don't play favorites. Give teams preferential treatment. That's what that's what kind of pisses me off. 
Uh, also, uh, one little bit of news here. Looks like Devontae Adams apparently may have reservations about Las Vegas's vision for their new offense under Jimmy Garoppolo. Could we be seeing a Devontae Adams trade request coming up? I could see that happening. Yeah, he's not a happy camper right now. They got rid of his boy, Carr. Yeah. He could be on the move. And also, the Steelers, they have signed Mitch Trubisky to a two-year extension, which yeah. honestly, you know, doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me, considering the fact that uh, it just tells me that they're basically looking at him as a bridge quarterback, so that they can have more time to determine whether or not Kenny Pickett is the guy that they want to build around. Yeah, that was a little bit strange. It sent a sent a weird message to uh, the young, the young top draft pick Pickett. That's for sure. Wasn't exactly a vote of confidence. Yeah, because otherwise, why do you give, why do you give a two-year extension? Yeah, it, just, it doesn't make any sense, other than that. But anyways, that is going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, thank you to Lou, thank you to Alex, and thank you to Diane for joining me tonight. We will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. And as always, be sure to check out. This Thursday night, the finale edition of the Survivor 44 recap show as we will recap the entire season and also talk about who wins this season of Survivor. Uh, for, for, with that being said, everybody have a good rest of your weekend and we will see you guys next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. Good show. Thanks, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.